Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. The Colin Show is back. We promised we'd be here. We're in town. We got a special guest tonight. Uh, it's your Sunday night street fight. We want to hear from you. And the the call-in queue right now is actually quite open. So please call us. Give us your thoughts. What's that number, Jason? <laughs> I don't know it. <laughs> I really don't. 614-655-3887. Thanks for being here. Thanks for watching us. Thanks for joining in the chat. If you're on the live stream, we're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're everywhere. We've got the unified chat going. Also, the Discord is jumping. Everything is coming up Street Fight right now. Thanks for being here. We do it every single week, uh, but not next Sunday. Well, are we doing it next Sunday? Not if I'm driving all night. Yeah, There's we're going to be driving. issue that yes. has to be attended to next week. We're going to be driving home from Chicago uh, at midnight on Saturday night and arriving at 6 in the morning here. So I don't think um, we'll, we'll be doing the show next Sunday. So this is the call-in show until after that. Then we're, you know, we've got a few weeks. We're going to, let's, let's get it. Let's get an ABCD call-in show. I want to say it now just so that I can get the wheels in motion. We'll do another ABCD show coming up in September. Seems like a good idea to do it. Um, we'll see if we can get someone to come in. Uh, I have a good idea. I have some thoughts, but um, I'll keep those close to the chest. Uh, thank you for being here. If you don't know, we're Street Fight Radio, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We do it out of Columbus, Ohio, the capital of, Colum- of, capital, capital, of Columbus. capital of Columbus, capital of everything, capital city. That's what they call it, Cap Town. Um, we also have tonight very special guest who you can see perform with us live from the struggle session podcast we have leslie lee the third hey how's it going everyone doing I'm well very happy to be here very excited to be here by myself though because my partner in crime if you listen to struggle session is jack allison that's my boy that's my homie that's my fam that's my woody but he is right now stuck in one of the worst places in the world yeah lax it's one of the, I mean, it is, it's all happening via DM. It's just like every update is more nightmarish than the last. Yeah, he's been stuck there all day. First of all, he had food poisoning. <laughs> yeah, he was. He managed to give himself food poisoning the day before we start our Midwest tour. And then he finally, you know, he buckles up. You know, he, he gets it together. He's a very strong, very stout, very powerful man. Jack Allison. And so he got over that food poison in under 24 hours, made it to the airport to catch his flight. And they say, oh, we have to change the tire. It's going to be a delay. Oh, wait. It took us too long to change the tire. Now we don't have a flight crew. Uh, We may be leaving around midnight or so ish. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Yesterday it was, hey, I can't make it. I'm way too sick. I'm going to fly into Indianapolis. Today it was, hey, I turned everything around and now it's, I'm going to arrive at three in the morning after <laughs> fuck, nine, 10, 11 hours of travel. So I want, I want prayer hands in the chat. Everybody. For Jack, Allison. Lift him up. Yeah. I feel, I feel, I, it was so funny when I told my wife that Jack, was sick yesterday. He's probably just gonna meet us in Indianapolis. She was like, "You think he's scared?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, he's, he's not. Scared. He's not. <laughs> he's smart. He probably knows. Like, I need a day of like sitting in the bed for fourteen hours to make this work." <laughs> but, but I know probably the thing that occurred to him 
when it happened was that he was like, they're going to think I'm scared. <laughs> like, that would have been the first thing I thought. Would have been like, oh, shit. You know, now they're going to think I was afraid to do the tour. Right. I'm sick. Nah, he'll he'll get here. It's just, uh, well, not a lot of sleep. No sleep. sleep at all. And then. Um, it's a it's a tough life. Yeah. And, no, and th- make no mistake. I'm not going to take it easy on Jack. We still have to put a show together. We're going to put a fantastic show on together for you. He's going to be on about two hours of sleep and i'm gonna be yelling at him in the van all right we need to do this 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 have you heard this have you read this have you watched this i am going to put him through the ringer to give you the listener the viewer live in indianapolis or detroit or chicago a great show yeah and it comes together i mean the pros like just get there and get it done you you showed up to the new york show about 18 minutes before you (laughs) were supposed to be on stage (laughs) and then went up there and everybody was like i think leslie was the best performer of the (laughs) night and i was like oh geez i told people that on the hellfire tour when i was kind of would be talking to people and they were like oh this thing where you guys are taking where, where other people are coming with you and doing stuff it's so fucking cool and it was like, uh, I was like, yeah, we're doing struggle session. And they were like, oh, have they done anything? And I was like, well, Jack was like in UCB. So I yeah. think he's okay. And I was like, Leslie showed up about 15 minutes before the New York show and fucking murdered. <laughs> so I don't think they even have to plan anything <laughs> before they go on I stage. really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. You know, it, it's because Jack, he has done a lot of live stuff. And he was writing for Jimmy Kimmel. And I was a DJ back in the day. Ooh. Back before it was even called EDM. We just called it, you know, dance movie. Right raves when the parties lasted past right. 11 p.m. and they weren't all run by live na- nation i actually know the guy who sold us all out disco donnie um disco donnie who was a big uh ray promoter but he did a merger i'm not sure with live nation but another one and it basically like killed everything and turned really it into the he turned corporate. it over to them yeah turned over the business to like in the attention to them yeah but it's, it's you can't really blame him because he almost like joe biden almost put him in prison for like promoting raves he actually uh i told uh he actually you know the rave act back in the early 2000s where basically they would treat any rave has used the same law that they tried to shut down crack houses with. They would use, they would say, hey, if you throw a party where people are doing drugs, that's the same as being like a drug dealer. Right. And Joe Biden wrote that law. Funny story though, Joe Biden's kids went to Disco's Donnie's parties. Of course they did. So how else he find out about it? Yeah, exactly. One of them got in trouble. One of them, one yeah, of them yeah. got themselves in Yeah, in the daughter while yeah. she was at Tulane University got arrested, uh, for, got busted for weed. And um, yeah. Rich kids getting in, rich kids ruin it for yeah, everybody because yeah. they get in trouble and then their parents it's can like, just bulldoze everything. Like writes a law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, everything that was happening for all these people that were able to do it the right way. Yeah. They roll in. Being a DJ back then, what before they made fun of you for being it? Like, because now, if you came on, if you anywhere when you say you're a DJ, people make fun of. Like, it's just the thing people make fun of. No, well, it's, it's just like, it's the same class of job as like Facebook photographer. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gotten so like corporate and not fun and not really very interesting. I haven't been to a party and forever like even the djs that i like back in the day like if i see them they're just playing like it used to be 
Like you would go in there and you try to you would di- you spend all day fucking digging through crates trying to find shit. Now it's like people just want to hear like the top ten hits and that's what they do and it's yeah. all pre-made and pre-done. A remix. Like, like they have like dancers and stage shows and lights. Like they can't play a new record. Yeah, like yeah. They, the same show that they play in Los Angeles is the same one they play in Denver. When before it was always like you know every new town, every time you heard them, you would be hearing something different yeah, and yeah. cool. Can I ask because this isn't uh, because this isn't like a thing where like uh, I get to hear a lot about it and I don't talk to a lot of DJs or, or anything like that. Are you familiar? This was just in town this weekend. It was enormous. Are you familiar with like Bass Nectar and that like, Nec- whole scene? Not really. No, okay. that they started like when I was falling off. Like yeah, I, I, was- I, I knew some friends who were in it, but like I, if if they were standing right in front of me, I wouldn't know. But I've heard definitely heard the name. I have before. no idea what it is. Like it was, but. They played here last night. There was a festival here this weekend, and one of the nights, like, it, it blew me away because, like, one of the nights was Future, Young Thug, and it was like all these like high level yeah. hip hop. And then the next night, Bass Nectar <laughs> headline, yeah, headline the second night, and it was like, what is fucking Bass Nectar? <laughs> like, what even is it? I don't understand it. Heavy at drops. All. They give you heavy drops. It's it's a band that basically. They build you up, they build you up, they build you up, and then 90 seconds later, you get a drop that everybody goes wild for, and they just keep putting you on the roller coaster ride over and over again. See, that's what that's what the modern dance is. Dubstep is the worst thing that ever happened. Some of to it dancing. is tight, dude. I think some of it's tight. But it's the worst thing that oh, happened. Sure, it's yes. the worst. It's, it's the thing that killed everything, and I have to blame the fucking junglists, the drum and bass heads. They were so fucking snooty and up their own butt and they thought oh they were like the hardcore of the electronic dance movement. they thought trance was crappy they thought house was crappy they thought we were going to sell out no it was the dubstep that sold out and became like the pop music yeah for like three years and it's just like i'm really upset with all those snooty ass drum and bass djs i used to know back in the day because you were the motherfuckers who sold us all out yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I was like, I was friends with people, and I'm and Dallas. A lot of them were totally into like Zed and uh, Bass Nectar, and I remember they were they went to like uh, the Electric Forest and all that stuff. Was that they just always were going to those type of EDM parties and shit? Yeah, but yeah, I just I, I know. it wasn't, but it wasn't like the same where it was just somebody that was really good at DJing that could get a warehouse until four in the morning yeah. which is what i was more accustomed yeah, to there was yeah. no big names and actually columbus has a really good scene i've been to some pretty wild parties that have lasted past closing time and there's a lot of young people here that support it oh, um, that's cool that's cool we have a new arts facility called Otherworld. it's an old like target that they turned into <laughs> like a 45 room art interactive art thing but they throw shows there dan deacon is playing on uh halloween this year oh, that sounds cool that's a, yeah dude, that's repurposing like something really crappy yes they good. took back some old <laughs> shitty i worked down the street from the target i used to go get like ham and cheese sandwiches from the cafe at this place <laughs> it was so weird to go back and look at it yeah it, it is it is kind of like uh the, that party scene was something that i totally missed because i got like really into new metal and that was like a super live nation. You gotta do ecstasy, you know? dude. That's the other funny ecstasy thing. Ecstasy pills is what makes it is where you should you show up for. Yeah. But before we take calls, I want to say something that I I said this to my wife, and I feel like I always have to say this. Leslie, nobody ma- ruins movies for me like you. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like it's true. 
things that I love, I hear you talk about it, and then immediately I'm like, that thing sucks. <laughs> and I just did his show. Yeah. I just did Struggle Session. We talked about Hobbs and Shaw, which yes. I went and saw like a while ago when we got back from the Hellfire tour. And when we left, my wife was like, what'd you think? And I was like, yeah, it was, you know, it was okay. Yeah. And then Leslie said, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you're right. It sucks. This movie <laughs> fucking sucks. Yeah. If you listen to the show, you actually hear your progression on it. Like, you're like, you're like at first you're like, oh, come on. Oh, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and what's I'm trying happen? to make the best of it, guys. <laughs> like, what's shit you're so, making the best of? I wanted to like, I wanted to like you know, kind of quickly go through sort of my history is there was a period of my life where like, I thought I was watching art, mm. right? Like where it was like, I'm watching all the art movies, all the independent movies. And then I got on Twitter, I learned the phrase middle brow <laughs> and found out that I was watching middle brow oh. stuff. I was not Hate watching. to see it. <laughs> yeah. I was not watching art. But I was not watching blockbusters. Yeah. And then I sort of was like, well, what's the fucking difference? And I just started seeing all the movies and yeah. liking them. And now you're going to chase me. <laughs> you're going to chase me back to the middle brow the, the, or try to. Because I think uh, I, I I had somebody, Balsong from Twitter on the show, uh, on the bonus show. And I think she's going to. And I'm going to have your film correspondent, Shannon Strucci. Oh, Shannon, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. going to have them make me watch art movies, <laughs> I think. Because, like, I ha I just have been so out of it in so long. And every time I listen to your show every week, and every time I see a movie that I enjoy that is, like, a, a, a mainstream movie, I hear you guys talk about it. And I'm like, that movie fucking <laughs> sucks. I feel stupid for even liking it. I was so into Marvel before I started listening to your show. Oh, man. Like, I was into Marvel. I've seen every movie. I was very excited, and I started listening to your show. You weren't. I mean, <laughs> they spoiled the pot themselves. You think it's Marvel's I think from fault? Age of Ultron, you were just like, these ones can't live up. I see them. No, no. You were, Age of Ultron, you were like, I think these are bad. And then ever since then, you were just like, yeah, I think th this is really bad, actually. Every time I <laughs> yeah, go, I, mean, I think Age of Ultron was a turning point for a lot of people, because it was just like, it has such this ominous, 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 name age of ultron is based on this comic series that people remember uh pretty fondly but when you actually like watch the film it's just like what the fuck is this why is james spader like a bitchy robot like why <laughs> like why is the villain something that they created who are they fighting they're just fighting a bunch of cgi stuff like yeah what is the purpose well, of this one thing you fuck me <laughs> up on is the tv shows right yeah so i watched daredevil tv show and brett you know i fucking recommended that show to you for love seven hundred he's like you need to watch that daredevil man yeah, this, i think it's something right up your alley like, this, this daredevil like i read the comics i like those i'm not gonna watch it <laughs> I, yeah and and i watched it and then I watched Jessica Jones and I watched Luke Cage and, and I like I liked them, right? My wife loves them too. And then I listened to his show. I listened to Leslie and Jack, and one of the things you said that is devastating. <laughs> I know what it is. I know what it is. Is that these movies are just people talking in rooms. <laughs> yes. And then when you start watching the movies and the TV shows, you're like, holy shit, these are just people talking in rooms. See, but that's, that's what all makes, this is. That's what makes the comics great though, is that like when people are in a room having a very heated conversation, you're filling in everything else in your mind. So this stuff comes off way more 
more biting and sarcastic and you're, dynamic. Yeah, you're getting like an you're getting like a fun texting type tone from this thing. But when you put it on film and have them sit there and talk like that, it's like, <laughs> what do they do? Yeah, like they have superpowers. They got better stuff to do. Yeah, instead they're just like talking to each other like they're Judd Apatow. Yeah, and and a, petty grievances, weird petty grievances and yeah. stuff. Age and, of Ultron is also number eleven, and anybody who know like it's the eleventh. I yeah. think movie and the thing and anybody who knows me knows that uh i like things and then when they do them too much i go all right enough I'm yeah i've seen it all now <laughs> is hobbs and shaw the 11th fast and furious it's the ninth okay right? yeah, yeah it's the ninth and it's, it's i am i applaud it because i just do like i like it when they take franchises and just run them to the i mean they i, I know we live in a sequel world right now but the seven eight nine that is like very very small f- amount of franchises get up that fucking high. yeah academy really yeah mainly police academy on Street, and all Friday the horror 13th, movies yeah uh, halloween and police academy up until james, now. james bond uh, yeah, okay. yeah 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 you're a james bond guy no not at all like <laughs> there's like Three good James Bond movies. Like it's like from Russia with Love, um, like the first Daniel Craig one because it was just trying to be Jason Bourne and that was kinda cool. And then they threw that all out the window and they don't know what the fuck they are are now. Um they're pretty awful. Now. I watched the first uh James Bond uh Daniel Craig movie. And you know, is that the poker one? Yeah, that's what happened when I walked out of the theater. I was like, Holy dude was fucking play poker. <laughs> See now that you that know movie. about gambling though, it might be a different thing. Yeah. I don't know how to play poker. Oh, you don't know how to play poker? I, one, I don't know how to play poker. Two, I mean, I don't know how to play craps. I just went to the casino and lost $60 the other day because <laughs> I'm addicted to gambling. That's yeah. fun. That's fun. Uh, I've only gambled seven times probably total in my life, but I'm 100% addicted to it. Yeah. And uh, I tried to play craps with my last money and was like, oh, probably big payout if I get here. <laughs> and I didn't is- even know how to bet. <laughs> I was just going like this. Eh, mm, on the touch. Because I don't like dealers. I yeah. don't like sitting across from a dealer like i don't i don't think i like playing with humans i yeah. like to play on the machine like oh, I play, the dealers are so sweet i, I love them they're no, like they're the not. best part they're mean no when one. you go to the cheapo casinos they are mean but the, but if you but, go to a decent one they like treat you they're like there to make it a good experience that woman at circus circus yeah mean that is shit. like that's <laughs> a budget casino us. that was a walmart casino we went to it she, had all the same fast food franchises that a walmart has inside true. of it she hated our guts though and like I didn't know when to grab the money and stuff. You shouldn't it's have. Just, you can one person running a roulette is fucking bonkers. I've never seen it in my life where one person can keep an eye on all that shit. Yeah, I want to play roulette again. I mean, I like I said, I'm addicted, so I don't go very much. But you know, it's it's kind of a. Uh, it, it was just like baccarat would be one good one for you because you can go banker, you can go banker, player. You can bet. It's kind of even odds uh, with the uh, same way like red and black. Actually, the banker, you get charged if you win as the banker because it's most likely the banker's going to win. So you have to pay like a 5% VIG. Well, the, 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 uh, what I was saying is with that James Bond movie, they didn't like explain. No, you had to know. In the movie, you like yeah. had to know it, and they would just show the cards, and it was supposed to be like an eyebrow raising. Um, and and like here's the thing, it came out when poker was like huge. huge. Yeah. yeah, and you couldn't do things without <laughs> poker. Like everything on TV was poker. Yeah, yeah. Celebrity poker. All showdown. the TV was poker. Every yeah. guy, every guys, all the guys at the work were trying to get a poker night going. Yeah. Like we need to get something going, man. The world poker just five or ten dollars, something fun. We can play with quarters. <laughs> the world I played a quarter poker game. A, superstars. I have fun at quarter poker games. It's a good time. If there's money on the line, then you're having a good time. Yeah, that's yeah. when you. That's when it's like you can pay attention to something. 
That's why it's important, you know. That's how I feel. It's like real fucking dollars. Yeah, you'll get some pizza money out of it. Yeah. I tried to gamble on wrestling when we were in Oh really? Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did. I couldn't understand why they wouldn't let us, and then I kind of figured it out. <laughs> like, cause I was like, well, they don't know, but then it was like, but the wrestlers know. Yeah, that's where the issue comes in. Yeah, yeah. it's like because like I wanted to gamble on double or nothing because we were in Las Vegas for double. Yeah, or nothing. yeah, yeah. I want to gamble on wrestling, and everybody that has ever talked about gambling, like when I tell them that, they're like, you're dumb. <laughs> What's it? But I want to do it. Talk- I love wrestling. Tom Sexton says we can get if we all look like chipped in a thousand bucks, we can get like a leftist sports book going and like cleave off some money for like activist causes and stuff. <laughs> and he thinks he can run the thing if we can just figure out a way. But it'll all be under the table. Oh, it'll yeah. just be handshake deals and Venmo payments and shit. <laughs> but we'll, yes. we can put some numbers out there, maybe. And, and, we'll, and we'll do wrestling bets. And That's we'll the- definitely take bets on wrestling. Fuck it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I mean, he did. They did like put in all the work to try to decide: is it worth it for all of us to go in and do a sports book? We talked about it in the van. We had a few. And we had was, a lot of time to figure out how we can make it work. I'm, I'm out, man. <laughs> I want to run a sports book. Get arrested for fucking because that's one of the things. Arrested I, for being bookies. That's something I can't sell. Like I won't do that supply. Like I'm not going to bet on my own sports because I don't know anything about it. That's that's something I can deal without like losing any money on. You Get know the weather, man. The weather is a good choice. You too. can bet on the weather. Yeah. The Sam sent us a link to a site where you could bet on the weather. <laughs> Because, of course, they did. They play FanDuel all day. Oh, the FanDuel, even though it came out that was, like, fucking um, rigged. What's well, worked for them? They, yeah, it's rigged in their money. favor. Yeah. They've yeah. gotten $500 payouts and $200 payouts and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, gambling said. has become... Can't, gambling is back, baby. Like, it has become, like, everybody's it's free. It's freedom. It. Yeah. yeah. I, I never could get into it because, like, it, it may sound stupid, but, like, I don't want to play if I'm going to lose money. Of course. Like, That's like, true. <laughs> like, I enjoy, I can enjoy a good game of poker, but once I realize that, oh, wait, I've lost, you know, $20, I'm like, yeah, oh, I could I have I I could, I, I bought, like, two games on Steam and sure. had, like, just as much fun. But for me, it's like, if I'm going to go out and... Like if I can get drinks and stuff instead, you know, instead of going to the bar and spending sixty dollars, I can lose sixty dollars over the course of three or four hours. Yeah. Get excited about gambling and get some drinks. It's like a fun night out for me, you know. I don't I mind paying that like, toll. I also, uh, my wife was actually we were talking earlier. She's about just whatever relationship shit, and she said something, and I was like, oh, I'm just complaining, you know. And she's like, that's like. Uh, she said, you're complaining about this. You're complaining about that. And I'm like, you married a guy that, like, complains. Like, I, <laughs> my whole fucking life yeah. is complaining. <laughs> Nobody that lives anywhere near me or is in my life would ever fucking consider that I would stop complaining. <laughs> right? And uh, I think gambling and losing money is almost just gets me just as high in a weird way because then I can like complain about it. <laughs> oh, and I have yeah. like a whole you have a sad story. I mean, two fucking days I was sitting around saying, and fucking Jamie Johnson's gonna be there while we're on tour. And this place is snake bit. I've never won a dollar in, in Ohio. It's all I have only won in like I was just like and it feels for me like 
my hobby since this turned into my job is complaining. And I mean, this is also kind of complaining. My, this yeah. show is about complaining. I just complain. I love it. That's why it's always funny when they're like, these millennials, all they do is complain. And I'm like, have you ever yeah. like, talked to any human? Yeah. Like everybody. Yeah, everybody's got complaints. Yeah. Even those like brutally positive people that yeah. you see that are like, don't always think on the bright side. Like, they're always complaining. They're posting that to remind themselves, like, not, not to, to complain. Do it, yeah. You know? <laughs> complaining feels good, you know? That's just my opinion. Sure. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get some calls, man. Do some calls? Let's do it. Ready right. for this? We oh, have yeah. expert advice from Leslie. Hopefully, this all comes in. Uh, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's Dr. Wife in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Wife? Oh no! You're the doctor. You're the your wife is I'm a doctor. I'm the doctor's wife. Well, yes. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm my wife's a doctor, but I like going by doctor wife. That sounds like a great television show. Doctor wife. The doctor's doctor wife. wife. <laughs> CBS. No, the doctor wife. Yeah, definitely yeah. a CBS show. Yeah. <laughs> my wife loves those shows. I was telling. Uh, Which was the lawyer's husband or lawyer's wife or something? Was one of the shows. The good wife. The let good me, wife. Let us ask yeah. you this because I was actually talking about this to Leslie when I picked him up. Did your wife watch the marvelous Miss Maisel? No. Wow. No. Okay. Okay. Does your wife wife doctor? Um. Yeah, we watch some of it. It's fine. My wife yeah. watches it and she fucking hates it. She <laughs> hate watches it. It's no, it's like not good. It's like really like it's really cheesy and too quippy and and icky and bougie and whatever. But for, for you know, again, doctor, my doctor wife works ninety to hundred hours a week, and you know she's got to turn that brain off and just sort of lay back and let anything just kind of be a nice frivolous little escape you know so you're like washing the dishes and like massaging her feet for her to make sure she can get all this done basically yeah oh basically, tight. Like i was waiting move. to hear yeah. because Good i'm move. gonna tell you something right now when my wife uh when i was just oh my whole job was serving my wife for a few years because she was working and i was not yeah what were you then at that point that's whose wife the, I was the insurer's well, wife. Well, not insurance. It's the retirement insurer's wife. She husband. actually works with retirement. Stuff. The insurer's husband. So I was the, that. would yeah, be your she CBS was my show. Wife, and she was like, uh, she would come <laughs> home, and if she worked overtime, guess what I would do? I would complain about it. Uh, <laughs> I would just be like, God damn it, you're never fucking home. This is bullshit. I just, today, she was talking about, she has a job interview tomorrow. She's like, I'm going to practice the job interview. Both me and my daughter were like, it's the weekend. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> uh, come on. So get the deal. And me, I lived life as the, oh, archi no, you got the architect's husband was my life for a few years. <laughs> right now, I'm the teacher's you husband. You got your daughter in on it, too. This is the, 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 do you guys gang up on her a lot? Yeah, she thinks so now. I mean, there's, there's a situation that happens that's happening right now with this tour that on Sunday... There is a uh, street next Sunday, not this Sunday. There is a streetwear yard sale, garage sale thing. Swap. swap. I think it's a swap. It's like a swap meet. Yeah, right? swap meet. And um, my daughter wants to go, and we're going to be in Chicago Saturday seeing All Out, the wrestling show. And uh, there's no way I can get up early enough to drive home and get here by five. So the only option is to leave wrestling and just come straight home. 
And, Which is uh, doable because you stay up till five anyway. Yeah, so I told Brett we were going to do that, and he's cool with it. When, like, we're doing it. But uh, I can also sleep in a car, no problem. Yeah, yeah, the first situation, though, that was broached was my wife said, well, I'll just take you. And she's like, I don't want to go with you. I want to go with dad. And I was like, jeez, <laughs> no. And my wife's all hurt by it. And I'm like, it's just because. Oh, no. It's just. It has nothing to do with you as a person at all. It's just because I'm cool. You know, you have to do insurance stuff. You don't have time to read the blogs and know what the next drops are. Our job is professional teenagers. Yeah. That's how I've been describing it lately. Yeah. Because that's what it is. All we do, like all of us, right? Like, uh, Leslie, you're doing what basically for a job when you go on the air and you do your, your stuff right you're just doing what you did when you were a teenager yeah yeah with for, except you know i have you know a degree now getting another one it's very high level media criticism but yeah it's the same shit i used to talk about with my friends in high school yeah you and to me be and cool. are just like we're just like two dudes like desperately want to fucking be cool <laughs> still at 40 i'm at 40 years old i thought a time would come where i would say Nah, I don't want to be cool anymore. I don't care. I, you know, I, I, I can do without being cool. Never happened. <laughs> it's just from the time I was eight and I remember saying, I can't wait till I'm 15, <laughs> which is I can't wait to be a teenager because yeah. teenagers are cool. But, and I started watching MTV at like eight and just I just <clears throat> from that day forward was like, I want to be like the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> and that was all I ever thought about. And that's like the only thing I've been striving for <laughs> since I was a kid. Seriously. Well, I, I mean, you'll I'm get the presidential succeeding. medal for coolness. Someday. I'm not succeeding or anything. I'm not saying I am the coolest guy in the world. I'm saying that like, do what you love, know yourself yeah. and know what you Living. love. And what I love is the idea of people saying, man, this guy's cool. Yeah, <laughs> success is your coolness. Right. Factor. I'm, I am glad to report that at the, I was at the second Atlanta show, and you were definitely, to the fans, the coolest fucking guy. Even when you were just, like, barreling out completely stoned out of your gourd, exhausted. <laughs> we were like, oh, man, Brian, he's so cool. He's <laughs> <laughs> absolute zero. Lucky guy. Lucky You've guy. You've achieved it, dude. You've achieved it. You surrounded yourself with the people who think you're the fucking. I'm, I'm like, I like literally pulled in. You're just sitting there smoking Newports, just like staring. I was that, like, oh, Brian's so fucking cool. That <laughs> is like what I do before the shows is, you know. And I want to say something before because we are leaving tomorrow, right? Yeah. I have had a number of people now come up to me and say, I know you don't like it when people bother you, but I just want to tell you this: I have never said that I don't like it when people approach me. Yeah. I love it because they like me. Yeah, I didn't get that impression at all. <laughs> I know. I get fucking, I get so excited about it. I'm like, why wouldn't you want somebody to come up and tell you how cool you are? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who gets mad about, like, why do, I don't think Tom, Tom Cruise is a, like, is a guy that gets probably interrupted when he's at dinner. I wouldn't probably love that and that would be something. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I was in corn, right? Let's <laughs> corn. I always say corn. Corn. If I was Jonathan Dave, I you know when whenever something bad happens that has to do with show business, a lot of times, I'll be like, I'll bet fucking corn doesn't have to deal <laughs> <Yeah>. with this. <laughs> 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 like yeah, if somebody is just like asking, if somebody like says, "Where do I get the tickets for your show?" and you know it's an easily Googleable yeah. thing, I'll be like, I'll bet fucking corn doesn't have to deal <laughs> yeah. with this. But like if I was Jonathan Davis. 
I'm 90% sure I would stand out in front of the venue and smoke before I went on stage <laughs> so that people would come up to me and be like, man, you're so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, so doctor's husband, what did you call in about? <laughs> um, what tonight, what am I calling in about? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Cause I called a couple of weeks ago. Um, or I guess it was maybe, Oh man, it's been like a month ago. Just yelling about doctors mm-hmm. getting exploited. Uh-huh. Um, I, I didn't have a topic in particular calling in tonight. I was just calling. Well, I guess I could thank, thank y'all for just a killer show. Um, that tour was amazing. It was really fun to meet you guys. You went to number two? Doubly, but yeah, yeah. I was. I showed you guys that band that did um the music. Ah, oh, I met like you. I know. Flair footage. Do you want to yeah, hear? You want to hear a funny? Mouth. Yeah. You want to hear a funny story about that night? I don't think has been out on the air yet. Go uh, on. One of the Black Lips was there. My favorite band. Oh, okay. One of I them. I saw this. I cool. heard this somewhere. Yeah, go one on. One of my favorite bands. Yeah, ever. mine too. Like, I love their music. It's incredible. It's like perfect up my alley type shit. Foundational of part of our, like, families. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he left early because he got offended because he only likes political comedy if both sides are represented. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. yeah. The Sams offended him. Oh. The Sams walked one of the black lips. Yeah, he couldn't, hand, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't sit through it. You gotta have both sides there. Dude, Otherwise, I, if I, you hear both, if you don't hear both made, sides, then you have to make a choice. Yeah. Dude, he made his choice. Uh, th- that hurts. Well, no, I actually, I went up to Sam night after, and I gave him major props for going for a hometown hero that night where he, he criticized him to John Lewis that in the past that was really fucked up. And it got a little gnarly in the audience for a second. It did. Like, yeah. Damn, he's going for it. But I really, I mean, but they, they, I mean, they're pros. They totally, like, navigated the, the, the moment, but it was major props to him. Um, oh, somebody got real mad at oh, him. And, I'm fucking sure. Um, but it was, to- I mean, I thought it was totally fair. And I, and that's his style, you know, they really, they well, pushed. so I'm not, point being, I'm not surprised that's the segment they got or that's the crew that um, pushed him out, you know? Yeah. I mean, the John Lewis stuff, I probably wouldn't have done. <laughs> oh, I would have, I would well, have, I would have. I think balls, dude. <laughs> like, Isn't he balls, bad though? Totally. Isn't he like, dude, here's the thing about, bad no, 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 even like, the way his political career started, it was because of like he used a bunch of racist stuff against another black guy who was running and won that's white exactly voters. That is how that's exactly. how he got his. Po- he is like the sellout guy. Like that's how he started getting yep. into politics. Yep. You, yeah, go ahead. I was just like being your hype man. Like yeah, and his. I mean, there's, you know, you look at his record and shit he says sometimes, and he clearly just, you know, he's just, you know, mainstream centrist them at this point. Yeah, yeah when, we, when you, I went, when I lived in D.C., there was a, I, I, I unfortunately don't even remember who it was. There was a young black man that got killed by the police, and there was like a protest, and we went down to the Capitol building, and he came out and just like shook hands with people and told them like, go home, everything's okay, we're gonna take care of it. He was like yeah. literally like capitulating people. I, like, I'm, thanks for coming all this uh, way, but we don't need you. I'm sure there's something inside of him, like that's activist is still inside sure. of him, but you don't get to where he is and still be like 
a good activist like they that's i mean it, it just yeah. you can't get that support that you need you can't get the money you need you can't get that profile that you need you don't get to be friends with the clintons yeah. you know like it it just does not happen if you maintain that radical spirit it yeah. just can't yeah absolutely yeah and and we talked about this yeah we talked about this on the show last week like well, we were kind of dancing around the Epstein thing, and it was just like, for me, it's like, God, it must be crazy to get around those rich people. You know what I mean? Like, it must be fucking crazy to be a per Like, so John Lewis is the guy that's like an activist that then gets like sort of brought in to an inner circle of a bunch of people with a bunch of fucking money that are, un yeah, untouchable. He gets the... You know, he doesn't have to really work hard to get reelected, any of that stuff. Like, he gets pulled in. Like, God, I admire people who can resist that urge to be seduced by that. Because yeah. for me, I just think about, like, when I see somebody throwing money around, I'm like, God, I wish I was the fucking guy throwing money around, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And, like, that's, once again, not, you know, like, that's, I mean, obviously, there are different factors at play in that. Um, um, I, well, major props to Bernie, you know, and the fact that he's had to stay on the periphery for so long because he was out being active at the same time as John Lewis. And look at their trajectory and how different they were. Now, there is obviously the major difference of their, the racial composition at play. But still, it's like, so I'm pointing, I don't know how that affects one's decisions, navigating these you know, high levels of power, blah, 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 blah. But that said, it's still all the more impressive that Bernie has stuck to his guns for this long, you know? Yeah. I kind of think, I, I also kind of think it has to do with your upbringing. And I've never researched how, how Bernie was brought up. But uh, I had a conversation with Leslie earlier today about uh, Billy Corgan, how I said, I don't know for sure if he's conservative. Like, part of me thinks that he says things for shock value. He's kind of a carny guy and that he just knows that being conservative means more than <laughs> being liberal as a rock star. That, yeah, that is yeah. like what I think. And, and Leslie kind of brought up how like this is a guy yeah, right. who grew up working class, didn't really have anything. And so to him, like that American dream, b pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, it's actually true. He actually yeah. did that. And that's why now he leans towards the libertarian stuff. A lot of the rock stars from the area, like Josh Holm from Queens of the Stone Age, Maynard, um, these are people who maybe didn't, who actually did not grow up in privilege, like say a Taylor Swift or even like the Strokes, yeah. you know? So they get this mindset where it's like hey i have literally produced like a hundred million dollars but just because of me and my talent and now you're gonna fucking tax me yeah after the record company already took 75 80 90 percent of it fuck you no no yeah. i want to keep my shit yeah. i mean and, and like that's sort of a like one of those things where it's like uh i know that i know that's why a lot of the people that are a little more successful that I went to high school with and stuff are conservative because like you grow up and everything's like, I could, I'm probably not going to turn conservative now because I've, you know, kind of read this stuff and yeah. understand it a little more. I don't think it's possible that I turn conservative at this point, but like, if you put me in the, in, in a position five, uh, 10 years ago where I made a whole fucking bunch of money I could see myself being like, I fucking did this. You know, yeah. I started with nothing. I was getting fucking payday advances 
and now I now I'm rich and you're trying to fucking come and take it from me and I could see like I could see thinking that way yeah. and like being poor fucking sucks yeah, yeah. you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> and like uh it, it, it's even like a lot of the jobs you know when you when you romanticize the that working class thing like a lot of left people do it's like man you know, I did a lot of these, I, not a lot of them, but I did a lot of shitty jobs. I did a lot of service work. I did roofing. I, I mean, I did like everything. Yeah. And the one thing I wanted to not be was working class. <laughs> when yeah. I was doing it, it yeah. was like, I got to fucking get out of this. And, yeah. and everybody else that I worked with also was like, I have to fucking get out of this. Yeah. So you can see getting out of it and then almost putting on a costume. Yeah. yeah. You like, you can really, I, I understand it. Like, yeah. this is the game we were playing. I won this shit. I mean, we yeah. were talking about it on the line. Like, what would you do if you had this amount of money? I made that shit happen, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. right. I mean, for me, I mean, I definitely have. If I wasn't doing specifically leftist bent stuff, like, at this point, I was like, well, I put in a lot of extra time and effort, way more than other people. So I deserve way more than <laughs> yeah. other people, you know? Right. But you can't hold people to those standards. Like, that's what it just drives you crazy if you expect people. Like, I can't expect people to be me or in how I get things done it's natural for me and other people you know right i got they, I mean, they have their own lives and their own way of doing things and I, I didn't really do anything better you know i just stayed focused you know right it's, it's not the same millionaire thing with our, shit with, even with the show with the content wise was like you know I, of course i could be like well why didn't you fucking start a podcast and do what we're doing you know why couldn't you do it but it's like not everybody can. It's just not a thing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that works out for everybody. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is we need to. That's the problem is that like you do have that survivorship bias so that like everybody that made it through all of a sudden is like we're the elite club and they know the game they're playing. They accepted it. You know they they get what they get. You know now, but it's like there there's no reason. There's no no. There's not. We do need people to do the other stuff, and they shouldn't be white knuckling their yeah, entire no. life you know <laughs> yeah like it's great that like i get to be on all of these internet platforms but i don't want the person that is giving internet to people to be like struggling doing yeah. payday advance loans and shit yeah. you know they don't deserve that you know no, absolutely not and maybe they will find you know i do they want to follow their own thing and make it work who knows i yeah. think we lost hu the uh doctor's husband yeah it dropped off. Yeah, it just, it's always like a weird, it, it is always such a like, it's a hard conversation to have because I don't, I do think that like when you, when you boil, when you just look at class, it, it is like a, a wide spectrum well, when like every identity, everything is like, if you start with nothing and you get more and more as it goes, you, that is going to like change like every next well, step up changes the one like it comes down to the clothes like we were talking about the designer clothes and stuff and six hundred dollar t-shirts and like working your way up to the point where you can do that and like being a milestone in your life where like <laughs> i can weigh six hundred dollars on a t-shirt you know like i did i made it this far you know that i can be this reckless with money yeah it's it's hard to fight that that urge yeah yeah i'm with you i i i uh it is it is like a super weird uh, it's, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's just. It's not weird. It's. Just, it's just. It's. It's beneficial to the ruling class. It's beneficial yeah. to everybody at the top because as long as we feel like we're in a crab bucket at, and, and you know, once you get out, it's like, well, shit. I mean, I got it. I earned it. And this is all mine. You know, everything that was promised. You know, it, it always like it, I keep thinking about this movie, and it basically has everything politically that I believe in in it. And I talked with Brian about it, and it's Blade. 
Oh, yeah, I love that. One and, of my faves. Yeah, and what you were just talking about are uh, about, you know, I built my way up, I earned this, I barrel craft stuff. That's the guys who think they're going to become vampires someday. The humans that serve the vampires. Uh, right. And that's them. And, like, most of them don't make it, but they keep pulling, stringing them along, stringing them along, stringing them along. And they're essential to the vampires running everything because they can go out in the daylight and do shit right with them while the vampires just get to sit in their lap of luxury that they most of them did not earn uh whatsoever and then you do have like some of the lower class vampires some were born vampires some became vampires later and there's like a class analysis within the vampire yeah. so every, like i think blade is probably the best leftist movie ever because his solution is not you know, to make peace with the vampires, to negotiate with the vampires. He just fucking says, we have to kill all the vampires. <laughs> I hate the vampires. We're going to, they rule over us. They don't deserve it. We're just going to kill them all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were, I mean, we were having a conversation. I was having a conversation with uh, Antonia Crane, who is a uh, organizer for Sol- Soldiers of Pole, which is like a uh, sex workers uh, union out in California. <laughs> And she was saying that she likes to always figure out how she has a relationship to people's job. And she was saying that, like, as a podcaster and online person, that, like, we have a lot in common with them because we're giving people a lot of emotional time <laughs> and labor stuff that doesn't show up on paper and doesn't make you sweat at the brow. But, like, you know, when people are asking a lot of us so much that it's that you can't put down, but um, seems you know, to everyone else, it seems natural. Like we're funny. It's like, we didn't work to be funny. And it's like, I actually, I've spent all my time, (laughs) instead of being good at spreadsheets, I've been spending my time at being good at being funny, you know, and art like drawing is another thing, like all of these creative things. And when it comes down to, when it comes back to vampires and stuff is that there are these people that are doing, they're getting themselves wound up at these jobs that are working 80 hours a week and they require us to let go, to get their, you know, to have release, to, you know, to have a place to put a lot of like the emotional shit that just gets built up over being required to be chained to a desk or yeah, chained yeah. to a job for 50 or 60 hours a week, you know? Yeah. And, and we take the brunt of a lot of that. Yeah, I, I, I'm recently untethered myself from my day job, thankfully. I'm very, it just, like, it was killing me. It was yeah. straight up. It, it's it can, a lot. It can kill It's very you. taxing. Yeah, like... Like I would like my schedule was up and down. I never knew what the next day out what time I was working from one week to the next. Very demanding dealing with customers. Yeah, dealing, all this stuff. All it of was it fucking falls your home. Like all this gray in my beard now. It's just from <laughs> those past three yeah. years. Did Did you like uh, work? Uh, I mean, did I mean this is the type of stuff we talk about on the Colin show too? So did you have? Were you like? Did it fuck with your like anxiety when you oh, were there? Like it was like almost. I I've said this before about even str- like all jobs are twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year, because like you can't stop thinking about yeah the job once you leave and like did you have that feeling like when I go to work on Monday I'm in trouble and I'm gonna get fired yeah. oh yeah all the time all the time I had tons of anxiety tons of depression tons of anger you know to deal with like it 
it just like so it and it's just like it wasn't worth it like it, the place i worked at if it w was fucking wiped off the map like no one would know this they would just go to the other place down the street it's like what is and there's there were so many people there who were getting physical injuries i even got one too but i didn't get as bad like one guy almost fucking died like stalking some shit and they kept the machine that almost killed him oh, on God. the fucking floor yeah god like it, it's just like and it's not it's not worth it like it's like if that store did not exist just completely wiped off the map in fact the ceo closed a bunch of the stores recently <laughs> like if it stopped existing life would go on the exact same way for <laughs> everyone so why are all these people like grinding themselves to death why are they getting back injuries knee injuries for this bullshit like just to make like the ceos a bunch of money and they're, they're barely able to pay their bills yeah I was talking to my somebody about their home insurance thing, and they just had this situation that was a matter of, like, they make it completely impossible and wait until you give up. Like, the first person they sent out to address this warranty issue had no idea what they were doing. The guy was, like, completely confused about stuff and fucked a lot of stuff up. And he had to, like, keep calling back and get, an, get somebody else out and then go to, like, the Better Business Bureau. And then eventually now they're taking care of all of it. But yeah. you have to, like, keep fighting through the phone tree yeah. to get to the higher level of boss. But all of this is baked in because they want to make the most amount of money, which means the first round of person you get is some somebody that they haven't trained properly and that they haven't vetted that they do, isn't going to do a good job. But it's just enough to get a certain percentage yeah. of people to just be like, I don't know. They're not going to fix it. We should just take care of it ourselves, yes. you know? That is at the cable at the cable company before they trained me. They sent me out to do disconnects. And it was like uh they're easy to do, right? You just put the ladder up or you go into the box, you disconnect, you put a tag on it, you're done. And they sent me out to do those. And I did what I didn't know. I had never been trained. Nobody taught me anything. I had just ridden with a guy for 3 days and they gave me full routes of it. And and uh I got called into the office two and a half months into my 90 days. And they said, hey, you have 85% on your QCs. If you get it again next month, we're gonna, they extended my probationary period by 90 days. And they said, if I got less than a 98% the next month that I would be fired Okay. for, for that. And I had never even been through formal training yet. Oh, I had never done anything. And it like really fucking freaked me out. And, and at the end of that year, when we started talking about my raise, it came up that I was had low QC scores at the beginning of the year. Yeah when i didn't fucking yeah know what i was right. even doing right you know so, like he didn't get it very quick we'd like to throw somebody in there without any knowledge and see what they do he wasn't quick on the uptake and all, and all these we i had those numbers to deal with too and it's like it's just made to drive you crazy like it doesn't benefit you when you get that number no this score this thing it only can hurt you it only no, negatively exactly affects you it does if it does I, benefit you it's like money that you should already be getting paid that they're holding hostage yes unless you reach this level it's well and then it also it's like security too you have to trade it in because we would always just do for 90 percent of the metric because then they wouldn't be like wait we can make the metric higher yeah you know if you hit 100 percent too many times they're going to say this is too easy we need to reevaluate yeah. so you're playing this game the entire <laughs> yeah. time so All right, many, let's you want to so jump on the line controllable ones we're too. doing a call in yeah, show fellas Sorry. okay Jeez. let's see what the people have to say <laughs> They're living it. <laughs>
All right, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Um, Abby. What's up, Abby? How's it going? Wow, actually, I did it without a bunch of... Um, I called in last week to say about... Um, I either have a story about... Ah, I remember. The State getting me fired? Yeah. Or, I want... But I think I'm going to do... Oh, what do you want? I Well, I mean, if you have anything... If you have something in mind, that's fine. I was Good. thinking the fired story, but Brett wanted the other story, so... It's kind of, you know, whichever story you think. Okay, I'll start with the, the overtime because, okay, I work manufacturing. I'm in Vermont. There's not a lot of manufacturing jobs. Um, but my job, they have mandatory overtime, like, basically every week uh, or three out of four weeks during the summer. Yeah. We, we have something called the collective bargaining unit, okay. which isn't. Uh, union, but it's like it's something, and apparently it gets us so we only have to do it three out of four weeks. <laughs> but and so it's like it's you're eight, only you're only forced eight. to work over your normal times three quarters of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, but here's the thing: for some, it's usually eight hours of overtime. For some reason, they don't make me do it. What, I mean, why and Why don't they make you? Like, they just... Are you, did you not do it from the beginning? Or are you just one of those people that, I've like... I've never done it. See, that's the thing. Is like, them. You know, you cracked the code. I wanna, I'm a live-your-own-life person, too. Yeah. That where, like, you do stuff, and then they try to make a fuss about it, and you just keep doing what you want. And they're mm -hmm. like, well, I mean, he, I, he's reliable on some stuff, but we definitely <laughs> can't make him do the other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I actually work instead of just standing around bullshitting all day, but... Sometimes not also... That, not I, that I care. I think people intimidate their boss a little bit. Because the, there was... Mm -hmm. all, I was a lot of times... There was a lot of times where I got treated differently than the other people that worked there. And, like, generally it was probably because my boss liked me. Because it's my only skill in life is that people just like me. <laughs> and, like, uh, I got treated differently. And I also... Then when a new manager manager would come in and they would ask me to do extra shit i would be like i ain't fucking doing that that ain't how it's done and i would just start yelling about it in the meetings and they would just quit asking me to do shit they're like brian i know you have to do your podcast on friday we're not going to make yeah. it a mandatory overtime i understand <laughs> yeah i'm fucking i don't give a shit i'm not doing it like i had them to the point at 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 two jobs i've had where they would give out free concert tickets and they would do them as a contest or a raffle mm -hmm. for the whole company. But I had both of the my cable job and my call center job both to a point where if a good if a show came in like corn or nine inch nails or something, <laughs> they just called me and gave me the tickets. <laughs> 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 like, I was just like, I'm so difficult to like work with in a regular setting because like I just You never require everybody to bend around you. Right. And I never stop. I, it's when I worked at real jobs, I just fucking never stop saying i'm not gonna do that like if, if oh a new thing oh this is a new thing that we have to do now at the job i'd be like i got food uh, you didn't have to do that when i got hired i'm not doing it you know and then they gotta bend the fucking thing like, no i signed up for a different job i don't do that and they hate when you do, okay, you, do, can I ask, do you ask a lot of do you ask a lot of questions in meetings there are no meetings. Oh, okay. I'm I'm on the floor in the shop. Yeah. Okay. Do you do no, you like the thing? Okay. 
I, all my coworkers apparently have to do it. And so I have to kind of hide from them that I'm not doing it. Oh. And it's super, like, and also it kind of neuters me. I can't complain about it. <laughs> I can't be like, uh. what's, this, what's up with all this overtime? Because <laughs> then maybe they'll notice that I'm not doing it. That's a tough position. Well, I mean, yeah, and actually, uh, do you want to do? Is there a part of you that wants the money? No, no of no. course not. <laughs> no, no, I mean, some people. Well, listen, I know they're. It's not right there for the listeners. taking. They would go, and if That's they true. they, they That's needed true. the money, they would just true. do it. I will agree with that. Yeah. Wow. No, oh. I don't know. I I just I never know how to handle like. Yeah, because do they know. Do you think that they know? Like your bosses know. That they're not making you do it? Do you do you think that like maybe I you've slipped know. under the radar? I that's what I'm terrified of because they're like they have to look at my like check stubs and my hours once yeah. in a while to fix stuff and they've never said anything. Yeah, do I mean, because uh, there's I, I think there's two possibilities here. One, mm -hmm. you hide. And they just aren't noticing you, which is a great way to do things. I, Good tactic. Yeah, that's a great tactic. But there's also the other tactic of, like I said, they're intimidated by you. And they think that anything they do to you out of the ordinary will make you blow up. And so they don't well, want to deal with your them. seat of doubting them. Also, sometimes they're like, don't remember why you have a special relationship, but somehow they know you have like a different mm -hmm. hours. And they're just like, <laughs> I'd rather not bring this up. And my managers aren't yeah. on me. I don't have to answer any emails. It's really just uh, a matter of like, you're not a squeaky wheel. Like nobody, if, if nobody mm -hmm. in the, if nobody of the other workers notice and there's no reason that someone is like wondering why your time is fucked up. Then everybody just wants everybody just wants their job to be smooth sailing. So you are getting on like a technicality. I, I had a job one time where yeah. we were doing like a, a, a sales type thing for like over limit credit cards, and I developed a spreadsheet that gave me a much higher percentage and bonus than everybody else. And when other people found out a bit about it, all they did was take it away from me. So I feel like you're if if you tell everybody else that you don't have to do it, they're just going to like force you to do it or make you quit your job, yeah. I think. That's why I'm so cause Sometimes I don't know, man. I'm it's tough because I feel like, man, if everybody else can't figure out a way to just seed of doubt their <laughs> seed of doubt themselves into this circumstance, like you know, that's on them. <laughs> you you, you got to live your life your own yeah. way. Them. They're also old. They're like older. They're there I'm one and they need money. Line and you figured it out. Uh, How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Um. Oh God, I'm late thirties. I can't remember. You got it. I figured it out. If you're like the youngest person there, that that's intimidating. They, they yeah. don't want to fucking lose you. They don't want you to go anywhere. Yeah. And and listen, I know this is I know this is wrong to say. Old people love working, man. Yeah, they, they do. Can't get enough. <laughs> they do. They really, they just really sign do. Sign up for more. It it really. They just can't get enough. I've worked with guys that works. It gives them a purpose in I, life. I, I've heard that. It's godliness to them. <laughs> I've heard that, but I did. I worked with guys that I, 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 they put us on call at the cable company. So every two or three months, we had to be on call. And there were guys that would pay me 
$100 to take my week of oh on call my God. away from me. Yeah. And I would take their fucking $100 and not have to be on call. <laughs> yeah, my, mo- my mom is like, I'll be like, can you take off tomorrow and pick my daughter up from school? And she'll be like, yeah, because uh, Scott will give me the day off because I'm always bugging his ass for extra work and he can't give me enough. So, yeah, <laughs> like, go, mom, go. Like, yeah. fucking do, do it all. Yeah, really do all the work. Yeah, I think we figured that one out because uh, just old people love If they work. want the money, they're ha- if they're happy and you're happy, if they're not, like, it, I would say once. Well, I don't think some of them are happy. Some of them bitch. And I'm like, they're mad that you don't you do it. Do it like I do. True. I mean, but it's up. To, it's I up to them. It's up to them to go to if somebody else anything. and make a stink about it. They can't. Exp- they can't yeah. bully you into it. You're in the cut. You're in the right position doing your own thing. <laughs> if they want to make a stink about it, they got to talk to the boss. Yeah, and then you're going to have to probably do mandatory overtime. Yeah. If anything, just hype yeah, them up. Hype them up to complain so they, they they don't do it but tell them to leave your name fucking out of it <laughs> <Yeah>. entirely that's <laughs> like, what you do i noticed some people don't show up for mandatory overtime can <laughs> we need to get more than <laughs> three-fourths of the days off i've noticed that One some fourth. people never show up for <laughs> overtime is a really i would oh that person i would i would sit outside of their house <laughs> now i'd throw a battery at your ass I'm too. Sure, i'm sure they i'd throw a battery at another you. thing <clears throat> Another aspect of this is like the shop floor is overwhelmingly um, QAnon and MAGA. Damn. There's people who have QAnon stickers on their toolboxes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so they love I, to work. Yeah, this is this is really close to God. Yeah, you're doing the right thing. You're dealing with people who love to work. Uh, like, yeah. even if they're complaining about it, like that's Maga, a bonus. They like to complain. You know what? And yeah. they they need somebody to complain about it. And if you can be that liberal, non-working scumbag for them, like that's wonderful because they're gonna be like, sure. you know, he fucking doesn't show up for mandatory <laughs> yeah. overtime. Yeah. I'm there every Saturday. Oh, they like it. They like it. They, they do they, like it. I mean, they need somebody to be better than. So you need to take your position. Yeah, they do hate me. So. Yeah, be, be let them be better than you and take your life away from your job and be happy, you know, not spending all your time there. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much my plan. <laughs> that's great. Well, thanks for calling in. We really appreciate it. Oh. Yeah, no problem. Next time, the the State Department story. Okay. I, I'll, I'll look for, I'll look okay. for it. Thanks for the shout out in the chat. I'll look forward again. Peace Bye, out. Abby. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That was a great call. Uh, you ready to get this next one in? Oh hell yeah! Let's see who's here on the line. They've been waiting a while. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? There you go. Hey, what's up, Brad Brian? Special co-host. What's going on, guys? Yeah, Leslie's here with us. Thanks hey, for calling in. Yeah. So this is uh, I go by Wildman online on Twitter. Okay. On your Discord, I'm I'm out here walking my dog in Chicago, nice. and I do got two tickets for me and the wife to go see you guys on Friday. Hell yeah! Yeah. Right? What does your wife do? What does she do? Uh, she is the head nutritionist at a residential eating disorder. So you're clinic. the. You're the nutritionist husband. <laughs> You're the nutritionist husband. Would be your CBS show. <laughs> right, right. I'm well. Yeah, but she, you know, if I could just drop out of life and live off of her salary, I'd be very, very happy. But unfortunately, it doesn't pay the bills. She's got, she's got like five years of education, right? She's got just as much debt as a lot of other medical degrees, medical adjacent degrees. 
But maybe, maybe because it's women's work, I don't know. But that field does not pay. You yeah. Know, well, considering the type of work she's doing, life-saving work, people putting people on grips, putting people on like you know, people who are, you know, days away from potentially slipping out. Yeah, there's not a lot of money. There's not yeah. a lot of money invested into that type of stuff, for sure. I know. I we actually, no. I'm good. We're good friends with a nutritionist, and she spends her a lot of time with Medicare clients and stuff, and seeing people that are in that system. And yeah, it's not profitable, but you can make a go Save at it. Lives, yeah. You can make a scratch. You can make some scratch, and uh, you know, have a flexible. She has a more flexible lifestyle because of it. But yeah, it, it's not like something that's, uh, you know not doctor money right i'm not doctor wife right. you're not the you're not the you're not the doctor's husband yeah but hey uh brett you ride bikes right i Love see em. pictures of you right i ride bikes too in chicago okay and i got a quick uh, little bike story for you okay, okay. want to hear it i'm sure you're familiar with this type of situation you know maybe somebody's riding your ass honking at you threatening your life with their fucking dodge dodge pickup truck getting right? close yeah, they're like getting close right. to the wheel. <laughs> Sounds familiar? Yeah. Yeah. So a um, couple couple weekends ago, me and a buddy were riding around town, you know, just uh, riding around the city. It's like uh, midnight, 1 a.m., just really taking our time, cruising through the streets. And we end up downtown. We end up in the neighborhood just to the north of our downtown downtown, like where all the uh, fancy bars are at. You know, everyone's wearing a suit to go out, you know. And we're riding on this uh, narrow little old street and this taxi comes up behind us and is riding our ass honking at us. We got to pull over to the side of the road, you know, dodge between two parked cars so it can pass us. And it's all the passengers in the car are, uh, you know, their heads, they're like uh, sticking out the window. They're shouting at us. They're cussing at us. Oh, what, what is wrong with you? Get out, of the, get out of the fucking road, you know? Yeah. And usually, I've been riding bikes for, you know, seven, eight years. And usually, it's just as simple. You know, usually, I, uh, the first, my first reaction is to be like, oh, well, technically, you know, bikes were allowed to be in the road. But patience is worn thinner these days. So I just, I just start uh, getting into it with this guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I no, fuck you, you know. My wife sometimes she's like, we have the right away, and I'm like, but like, if you have to prove that by like, you know, getting barreled over by a car, yeah. it's not fucking worth it. Like, some of these folks, I do just pull over to the side and let them around because it's really not worth it. Dallas was like very, very unwelcoming to bike people. There was a lot of SUV people that, and, and like, they would just scrawl a little line, you know, about. 12 inches from yeah, the curb yeah. and call it a bike lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be riding down yeah. full of glass and broken <laughs> yeah, fucking concrete. Line. Yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, it is like, Columbus has made a lot of uh, headway with their bike infrastructure and there is some really nice uh, protected like bike freeways that run across the city now. Um, but it is uh -huh. still a, a real big challenge and at this point, um, you know, biking is you know i can like i love to put my head down and compete with the cars and try to race with all of them but now that i got a kid and everything i'd rather just pull to the side and let them go around because i don't want to fucking deal with it yeah we right. had the fuck I gotta, I gotta tell you i'm mm -hmm. the best the funniest thing i'm not that, an aggressive rider i'm not I, either uh, you know i ride upright 
I take it slow. I take it easy. I'm mostly in it for, you know, just uh, recreation. Yeah. I stop at all the stoplights and stuff. We get into this yelling match. Oh, well, you know, I don't do all the stoplights, but, you know, a good 80% of them, you know. (laughs) But we're we're getting into it, right? And, you know, this guy, he's like this big shot. We're in the fanciest, richest neighborhood in the city, right? He's got, he's, he's in the taxi with a car full of, just full of beautiful girls, you know, all done up for the night. And he's yelling at me. I'm yelling at him. And then he starts saying, then he starts saying this, something that really shocked me. He goes, but don't you, don't you got to go to bed so you can go to go to your Starbucks uh, shift tomorrow, liberal? You know, there's nothing nice. to indicate liberal, you know. <laughs> but you're a bike <laughs> and then rider. He starts saying, uh, <laughs> yeah, something like that. You know, oh, I'm not riding around in a taxi in River North. And then he starts saying, uh, oh, why don't you go? Why don't you go vote for Bernie Sanders twice? <laughs> That's saying, great. Oh, a- AOC for president. AOC for president. Mocking me, and I'm like, I spend a lot of time online, right? And I felt I feel pretty steeped in this sort of bullshit political culture, you know? Yeah. These little shorthands, like the shorthands, oh, liberal, Bernie Sanders, AOC. It's all shorthands. I understand it, but I'm like, here's this like guy, right? He looks like he's like, why did? <laughs> I can just imagine him, like whatever job he's going to, maybe he's a lawyer, maybe he's got some fancy job where he sits at the computer all day. I know for a fact that this guy browses the internet just as much as a schmuck like me does. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if he knows he Bernie and AOC. To a, someone who doesn't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a guy, I mean, he's living life. It's like we were talking about earlier. He's someone that like made it. He probably did coding or something. He's got six figures. He's got a lot of money. He knows how to spend it to get the night of his life. And he's like, pick on some guy that's like, fuck, you want, you want me <laughs> to share this mad. with you? Yeah. I'm not going to share this <laughs> shit with you at all. I'm having a good time. Tonight. Yeah, because that's a tale. Like, he Bert- still gets mad. He's as mad as I am. Yeah, yeah. he's still miserable. <laughs> Everybody's still miserable. Because if he had said like Hillary or Biden, that would just be like a normie who watches sure, TV. Sure. But when you're diving deep into Bernie Sanders AOC territory, that guy's on Reddit. That guy's on 4chan. Those are deep tracks, man, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're all meme guys. Like, like a lot of the right wing is just like really poisoned with the same <laughs> stuff. I bet you when he thinks of AOC, he thinks of the like googly eye pictures. That yeah. They yeah. Post. Like that's like his whole thing. <laughs> AOC on a donkey. The yeah. Democrats are a bunch of jackasses. Yeah. The Dumbo crats or demon craps. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is tough out there. Thanks for do deep into their minds, man. I know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for having me on too. Okay? Yeah, thanks for calling in and spreading yeah, the word about bikes. It is Brian, tough out there. It's a challenge. What's Brian, up? I know you've been uh, losing. I know you've been losing big at the casinos. But you ever heard of the two state rule? No. What's that? You're going to get me in trouble. You're losing <laughs> in Ohio because you got to skip over Indiana and go to Illinois. And gamble <laughs> with all of us after the show on Friday, right? You ever heard the rule? Two state rule. No, I haven't, but it I won't am. come up if you Google it. You're, it's how people win big. That's why you can't find it online. So after yeah. the show on Friday, okay? Your money's in Illinois, man. Your money is in Illinois, just <laughs> waiting on you. Okay, I'm gonna go gamble <laughs> in Illinois. Friday. Just like a few games of, like only a few games of uh, roulette. That's it. I'm not. Is there a casino in near Chicago? I don't know one. There's one in Rosemont. I don't know where that uh, is. Is which, there you know, one near take, Hoffman it, it, Estates? It, yeah. That's oh, really? There. That's, we're going that's up where there. You guys stand? No, we're going up oh, there, there for go. wrestling. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I, maybe I'll. I'll try the two state rule because the home rule is I'm in bad. <laughs> yeah, playing at home will get you fucked up. <laughs> oh, it's too yeah, bad. You listen to me, man. I'm telling you the truth. Okay, you can trust me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, feel- I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you. You got me gambling. It feels like again. when you play at home, it feels like your friends and family are gonna walk in and see you. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't get bold. You can't get bold enough to come yeah. back from being under, right? You, you can't just say like I'm gonna put eighty down and be like I fucking got one sixty. You know, yeah. like I'm back. I lost two hundred and I'm forty dollars closer. Right? This might be right though. See, here's the thing. When I said I was at the casino the last time, everybody on Twitter was like, Brian, go home. Go home. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, if you get if you get your money back, you got to leave. I mean, I think the best part is you have to do get a huge hit from like leaving when you have your money. It's like when I used to go, I used to go play cards after I dropped my daughter off at school. And sometimes I would be there for 14 minutes. Like I would take a hundred dollars with me and I would play and get to like 180 and then it'd be like, $80 is a lot of money. I'm just going to leave right now. And it'd be like, I was there for 14 minutes, you know, <laughs> or nine minutes. Sometimes that if I want to, I would win a hundred dollars and be like, I have to leave or some $60. It's like, that's enough for me to turn around and go home. I get a hundred dollars and I start thinking like I could win enough to pay my rent. Uh, no, don't get there. No. You're going to bet like 500 to get a 1,000. I know. That's the only way. I know, but I'm, I start sitting there and I'm like, oh, okay. So I came in here with 100 and now I got 200. I need 965 to pay my rent. <laughs> I think I can do it. I think I can win that many times in a row. Plus, very reckless with house money. Like, in a way, yeah. that is. Wait, well, you play Brett, for different reasons. As soon as Brett taught me about house money, he's like, "No, that that it's called house money when you have like built something extra up. money yeah. when and there's extra like, money." Yeah. I, and I would never, that you didn't show up with. Yeah. you can be never, a little more loose with it. Yeah, I would never spend forty dollars like just out of nowhere, but yeah. I'll be betting forty to sixty dollars. Like house money, it's house money. Yeah, it's house money. House money. And when they got win, nothing to lose when you win on like a high bet. Oh, yeah. Buddy, really there get is, you going. It's the best. It's better than drugs, which I love too. You know. <laughs> All right, let's get this thing rolling. I gotta get the next call so I can go take a pee. We'll, we'll All do. right, guys. Guys, have a good night. Yeah, Bye. thanks right. for calling Thank in. We appreciate it. Well, we're gonna we're due Thank for a you. break in fifteen minutes. So let's take two more calls. Okay, I'm gonna set you up with the next call, but like I really do have to go. Pee in that hole. You know, there's a hole. It's half bath. <laughs> it's called a half bath. Quarter bath. It's called a half bath. Quarter bath. Hey, what's up? You're on Street Fight. Who's this? Hey, what's up? It's Alex Worldwide Keller. Alex! Alex, hey! (laughs) How you doing, buddy? How's it going, dude? I beat the fucking shit. Oh, really? Yeah, you had Wrestle Rager yesterday, right? Yeah, fucking biggest, baddest one yet. Oh, really? What was it? uh... Yeah, we fucking... We were sold out on, like, Friday at, like, 300 tickets. And then, like, Christ knows how many other fucking people showed up. Man, that is awesome. That's awesome, man. I wanted to get up there, but uh, we're leaving on tour tomorrow. So it's kind of driving to Cleveland was not the most enticing thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Plus, this thing was a fucking death march because we started the show at, like, well, we opened doors at 3, and then the show went from, like, 4 to, like, 8.30. And then from there, we had, like, a Q&A with Raven and then fucking bands. Raven was there? Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite wrestlers of yeah, all time. Yeah, uh, we, uh, Weird World teamed up with him against uh, the Duke and some little shitheads. Was it cool? Was he cool? Was Raven uh, cool? Yeah. 
Yeah, he was actually in a pretty good fucking mood, which we were all like surprised about. <laughs> <laughs> he was. I, I'm gonna tell you, Alex. He was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up because, like, of course, there's two guys. There's really two guys, right? There is uh, Kevin Nash and Raven, who were legit cool. What seemed like they would have been legitimately cool outside, outside of, wrestling. of wrestling, yeah. Because there is like wrestling cool, and then there's like real life cool, and it's like very hard, I think, for wrestlers. I think being on the road hurts them <laughs> in a way. Like it, it, like if you were on the road like 300 days a year, you ain't gonna know. No, what's cool? No, no, <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna know. Well, also, there's like a theory in wrestling that like whenever you, whatever age you are when you get in, that's basically where your like culture freezes and everything in your brain, because then you get stuck inside the fucking bubble. Well, you see that with lots of people too. I mean, lots of folks that are like if feathered bangs were in when they were a teen, they just stick to it forever. <laughs> I mean, it happens to a lot of people. Just get stuck in time or like feel comfortable with frosted tips, you yeah. know. Yeah, but Raven was a guy because he, you know, early on he was like a prep Johnny Polo, and he was able to reinvent himself as like a '90s grunge guy. And then in the OOS, he became a little bit more like goth and kind of cool like that. He was always because he was a very smart guy, and he was always able to reinvent himself for the time. Yeah, he's like inventor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah. I'm gonna get in men's eye. <laughs> really? I, I think I could do it. A, uh, he was also a troop for like a hot minute. Oh, that oh sucks. really? <laughs> That's not a Mensa move. Yeah, he was like, well, I guess like he was in. He basically joined the Marines in the army or in fucking college just to see if he could like do boot camp and shit. And then he was like, oh, I don't want to do officer training, and said, "Fuck it." Wow. Okay. Basically. He's like, so he did the smart guy thing and just got ripped and then fucking got out. That is smart. That is smart. Okay. Just used him as your like uh, <laughs> personal trainer. Yeah, yeah, people pay a lot of money for boot camps. He got paid for boot camps. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That is really funny. He was like, Andy also, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the guys that like sued uh, Vince for. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, for the independent contractor shit. Yeah, yeah. He sued for the independent contractor status. Wish he would have won. Then Uber and Lyft wouldn't even exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh... I was going to crack the code on that thing sooner or later. I don't think... I mean, like, I think it's... Go I, I don't... I think uh, the independent... We're more likely to live in a world where everybody's an independent contractor than a world where they roll back the independent contractor. Yeah. Voluntarious society, right? Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't want Le that. No, no, yeah. Gats and flag. Don't tread on me. We will all just have independent contracts with people. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a part of your chattel slavery of paying for my shots and paying for my nutrition, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's. I mean, well, I. I'm just gonna keep working under the table and staying on Medicaid. Fuck that. That's the way to do it. Fuck well, it. that's you don't want to say that, but I guess uh, on yeah. the air <laughs> you get a crazy cabbie yeah. situation. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think like if somebody does beat the independent contractor thing for wrestling, I do think that that is on the road to all of it you know or even the other way around if somebody beats the independent contractor thing with uber lyft grubhub 
then we end up on the road to beating it for wrestling. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it has to be I think it would be wrestling because like none of those apps make any money or have any plans to actually make <laughs> any money. Like Vince actually yeah. makes money. <laughs> That's true. Like if if they suit And also like it's such a fucking clear cut thing where when people find out about it they're like, What the fuck? Yeah. But well, they, and the wrestlers like, have leverage now too. They do. They do have leverage. Yeah. Like there's actually leverage in, in the industry now too, which w- there hadn't been for a number of years. So like that's the AEW, the the smoking company. Yeah, I mean, you know, AEW is run by billionaires too. But I, you, you would rather it be a, a competition between two billionaires than just a monopoly. <laughs> Yo, what? what? I guess yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it takes what it takes a good billionaire. To save us from a bad billionaire. Well, don't fucking go to Walmart and feel better about yourself than going to a fucking then order through Amazon. But you know, <laughs> do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 uh, so, uh, we're we're about to take a break, Alex. Uh, what uh, was there anything that happened yesterday that was cool? Uh, yeah. Actually, speaking of uh, fucking Detroit, um, I played a. Uh, with my one band, Rap Fuckers, the night before at the same bar with uh, this band from Philly, like Zorn. They're like one of these like new wave, like sort of like satanic hoop-to-do sounded like metal bands. <laughs> and fucking um, like Devil Master shit like that. And we were like talking to them and they're like, oh, we have like a show booked in Detroit tomorrow. But like, I don't know, the promoter's being really sketchy. Da, 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 da. And I was like, well, Friends band like fucking played uh, Detroit uh, a couple weeks ago and showed up and did not have a show. So check to see who the fucking promoter is. And they're like, uh, it's not the same guy, but also he says he has no local bands and it's just at a DJ night. And I'm like, well, I can get you guys access to this sold out wrestling show at 50 bucks and a couple of drink tickets if you just want to hang here since you're playing fucking Cincinnati on Sunday, maybe eight hours of drive and get fucking party. So they ended up playing, like, we basically had almost the exact same concert, like, two nights in a row. <laughs> only that... the second night, I, only the second night, I fucking, like, just bled like a maniac fucking during our set, which I didn't do the night before, which was fun. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Alex, I, you know, you're one of the few people who gets color. Um, from music, just from a head banging so hard. I Actually, wow. I read that book, Our Bank Could Be Your Life, and a lot of them claim to have gotten covered. Uh, one time, I tried to give somebody, uh, like, they were going to do a crowd surfing from the pit, and I jumped, I, like, bent over to grab their foot, and they jumped and kneed me right in the fucking nose. Uh, and I just, my nose was just bloody uh, all the way down. Just like Becky Lynch. Yeah. And I took my you shirt. You know the fucking uh, red bird. I just took my shirt off and wiped it up and then threw the fucking shirt into the crowd. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, Alex? Uh, you. Do you. Who was the... What were you asking? I, I didn't hear you. Oh, I was saying, uh, just another Mosfet story. Uh, you know, like, Ray Rowe, the wrestler, he's in, like, the War Raiders or whatever the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, he used to, like, go to, like, beat down hardcore shows back in the day. Like, and it was probably, like, 2008 or nine. It was, like, this festival like summer at hate and i was at the edge of the pit and like he like was like moshing and he did this fucking spin kick and i went to like block it with like my forearms and he like followed through so hard that his foot just like smashed through straight into my fucking ball <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, ray Rowe was like ray Rowe, 
make any point of it. <laughs> That's otherworldly. With like with twenty dudes on fucking stage and Jason Mask, who then like as soon as the band started playing, just jumped off the stage and just ran through the crowd kicking beers and fucking smashing people. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's a great time. Damn. Good time shit, but I'll let I'll let you guys get to the break. Also, uh, if there's anyone in Cleveland going to the Street Fight show on Tuesday, I could use a ride. Drive Alex to the show, Cleveland please. Please, I'd love please. to see him. I would love to see him. Please drive this guy to All the show. All at the Tower Ten. I got some gas money. Fucking my car is cheap. Shit, I don't trust this. I love this guy. New York, but New York, fucking Detroit. It's wild. Yes. All right. So, Peace out. Thanks, All right, Alex. Get to the break. Uh, get that piss, and I'm gonna pass. All right. Peace. So our band this week is Leche, and the album. Or the first, the album is called Trickle Down My Ass. It's on Bandcamp, uh, digitalhotdogs.bandcamp.com. It's got a picture of Ronald Reagan on the cover, and it's got blood, it's blood stained. And uh, this song's called Stevie Ray Vaughan Life. And we will be back as soon as uh, we're ready. Yeah, to. it's a tight little 11 minute album, but we might be back after. You get what you get. <clears throat> All right, let's go take a break. Woof. So far, so good. How many calls we got? There's a whole bunch. Oh shit, what do I gotta do? Did I do something wrong? I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna set a timer for six minutes and 66 seconds for everybody, and then I'm just gonna fucking roll on to the next thing. That's how we're gonna take manage this next half. Oh shit, you know what it is? I got it. I'm sorry, guys. Baby, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. All right, there it is. Now it should be fun.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. Call in with a very special last minute guest. Wow. We pulled the audible. I did it. I, I really made it in. Against all odds, I made it in. It's just like Tupac. Just, just odds. like Tupac. Against all <laughs> odds. Yeah. Jack Allison is here. Uh, Airport be damned, all of the Tom Fuller yeah, retires and shit. I got, a, I got a stomach virus yesterday. You know, that I, too. I, was, I was shitting my pants all day yesterday. <laughs> Trials so and tribulations. Literally to the degree, this is no joke. Uh, uh, you know, I was so scared of di- taking the plane today. My wife bought me like diapers, and I'm and, <laughs> I'm, and I'm currently now wearing a diaper and <laughs> wore it on the plane. They have some pretty uh, sporty models. It's not now. bad. They're not yeah. that uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like, you know, I was like so scared because I was shitting myself yesterday, and I was like, well, she was. Like that's a, and I was like, you know, that's what you wear them for, I guess. Yeah, so, hey, that's what you do. It's better than than taking a stack of toilet paper and right. just shoving it between your there butt exists, cheeks. That's called a muffler. <laughs> <laughs> there, there exists a device for when you're afraid you're going to shit yourself, and yeah. it's available at any drugstore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah better than than ditching your underwear in an airport bathroom. Yeah, and trying no to get fun, it no sucked fun. down that I'll fucking you, hole. There were, there were no there were no mistakes. There was nothing. There was no issues whatsoever. <laughs> the the diaper is unblemished, but uh, uh, I. Did did wear a diaper. Well, we got some folks that want to hear from us. They have some. They have questions and stories. Uh, we uh, we have to get this thing done in a timely manner. So we're going to give you six minutes and sixty six seconds before we got to give you the light and get it rolling. Uh, this call in queue is full. Thank you everybody for being here. If you want to see the live struggle session in Street Fight, it is happening. Tomorrow night in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's happening Tuesday in Detroit, Michigan. And it's happening Friday in Chicago, Illinois. You can find all of that information at streetfightradio.com on the main page there. The left side is going to have the newest episode. The right side is going to have all of your links that you want to click on to get your tickets and make sure that you're there. We are not in control of some of the ways these shows are run, so you should buy tickets now because they're going to add $5 to the day of or $2 or something because they feel like they i know it's like marketing like yeah. it sucks to be with these people because like we have to control these right. people we got to make them I mean, buy they're, them they're now. allowed to they're allowed to have yeah. more money so that's why they do it they right? go yeah. for it yeah <laughs> they're like we're gonna make them buy it now otherwise we're gonna make them pay and yeah. it's like well i mean they were gonna show up like that's the problem with doing the show is that we we pitch everybody on it and they're used to bands they're using all these other things and they really are concerned like you mean some a lot of people are going to show up to watch you, or like people are going to pay twenty dollars to go to see your show? Are you kidding me? And it's I'm like, not. yeah, one hundred and fifty fucking people showed up to see it and paid twenty dollars. I know? do have a theory on this, and uh, I'm sure a decent amount of these bookers have been burned by a podcast. Yeah, I said like some local fucking show came and said we're gonna do a live podcast it's huge it's the new radio yeah. <laughs> and they came fucking rolling in there and 15 people showed up right. and they're like okay because when we first started booking shows they were like we don't do podcasts yeah and I mean, it was yeah. like uh i i kind of don't i i, I, I think, think you're missing, missing out yeah but i also <laughs> understand what's, what's going, going on here you know it has to be better than a band no, through. I mean some easier. bands easier, rock. Easier, easier, yeah. easier, way easier. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see who's on the line here. Let's take our first call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up? It's Jordan from Baltimore. Howdy. What's up, Jordan? How's it going? I saw you guys a couple weeks ago in DC. Nice. Um, that was a good show. Yes. 
speaking of that venue stuff, I was thinking with that, like they didn't even give you guys the the main stand up stage. I know. Which was downstairs. Uh, we hey. may have re- we may have told them we didn't want that stage. We <laughs> may have said that we didn't want to do that stage because we felt as though two shows on the first night of that tour was better than one show because we were terrified about timing. <laughs> we, and so this was, is this is not more anti-podcaster bias. No, well, it wouldn't have, it would have worked. So what happens is if you get a room that's a certain size, yeah, uh, and you sell out that room, then people just aren't going to get in if you can't sell two, right? Like so, it's either sometimes it's more beneficial just to do two. Yeah. Instead of one, but I don't remember what the reason. There was reasoning behind doing the room we did, and I can't remember what it was. But I don't. But it probably was a mistake. You know, <laughs> they did. The woman that worked at the counter, she's re- very mean at first. We thought, and then ended up being very. I nice. liked her. And, well, she was just like yelling at us the whole time. <laughs> well, she's yeah. She was telling somebody, one of our listeners, like, "Yeah, Louis C.K. was here recently," and I was like, "This is like the wrong." <laughs> <laughs> what's up, Jordan? How, uh, what's going on tonight? Yeah, uh, not much. Um, I'm super psyched that uh, called into the show with you guys from Struggle Session. I'm a huge fan of you guys too. Oh, thank well, you thank so you. much. I love. <laughs> I love uh, especially Jack's line in in the show Complicated, huh. where you're like, we're talking about Orange Man Small Hands here. Sure, sure. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah, the very extended goal, poker right? scene where it's all Trump riffs and everything. <laughs> if you haven't seen Complicated, go to viewboo.com. And that comes from personal pain because that is what you would be I doing had, right now I had to do that for, for a very six long time. figures. You'd be making six figures doing those kind of jokes forever. That's true. You can. I, I could have done that. I could have been... And, you know, sometimes you think, you know, the six figures would have been nice. But uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it does suck. It does suck to do those kind it's of jokes. It's not worth it. You yeah, trade it in really so it much. Really yeah. It really is. The part, that's what separates us because even talking to, like, uh, Sam Sachs when we were doing the Hellfire tour, he was he had a job before where he made, like, almost six figures. Yeah. And it was, like, DC, Socialite, all of it. And it was like, this. I'm not it's doing sucks. anything I want. It's like, sucks. I don't feel fulfilled. It's not, you know, I'm not a part of it. I'd rather just get by and, and do something that is feels right to me. Yeah, you know? I mean, it is trite. But and it like sometimes like takes getting there, but you're like, wow, like money really isn't everything. <laughs> like, I, no, like, I, actually, I got there and I was like, wow, holy shit, it turns out that that is correct. Well, and, a big, <laughs> and a big part about living in DC was like ha- living on less and being like, wait, I, I don't mind peanut butter and jelly for dinner, right? Oh, you know, once every couple weeks, it makes yeah. sense, it works, and it's affordable, and there's like, if I can live on less, I can beat this system that always requires right. us to have more, especially with like, you know. With having a kid and wanting to like achieve, and you're supposed to have like all of these signals that you're right. on the path, and it's like, well, if I avoid all of that, there's no headache involved <laughs> with, with chasing a BMW payment. I don't want to chase a lease on a BMW, fucking ever. I was like, I listened to you on Champagne Sharks. Yeah, okay. And uh, I was very like, uh, when you talked about, you know, I I wasn't making much money. And then I started actually making money, and I got to this point where I'm like, I'm making more money than I ever thought I would make, but there is like nothing else for like every I, you said there's other like, people. There's almost like no future in it, kind of. Yeah. Like you're making all this money and you look down the path of like I'm gonna buy this house and everything, but like it, I I don't know. There is something that like uh, uh, it's tough to even like put a finger on, but yeah, it's like uh, um, 
I don't know. If you're not making stuff that is it, exciting to you, and if you're the other thing about the making that you, kind of money is they know how much money you're making, and they'll like squeeze mm-hmm. every bit of you for it. When like, you, I you mean, know? and and like you're a useful person. Like Brian, I've always said that my skills in marketing or viral content or whatever it is would be very valuable to like a company on any of the coasts or yeah. whatever, and so. You can't slot your way in and just be a smart guy that has the right answers and that can deliver the thing. And yep. they'll give you enough money that you're like, why would I complain about this? I, I you know, It feels ridiculous <laughs> to complain about this existence, oh, yeah, you know? I, you know, also for me, like you, we went through like the 20, the Trump election and, and like, and I, I quit the job before Trump was elected, but even just doing the year of the election and doing all Trump jokes for the entire year, I was like... I cannot right. do this anymore. <laughs> Not my I life. I cannot do this. How did I get I here? I can't make this like my whole all day, every day doing this shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you even like just even the freedom to be able to talk about whatever you want. That is, is something like that is thing. like so huge. Like there was something early on at the Kimmel show. And it's like not the biggest thing for me to talk shit about whatever I want to. But I wrote some joke. Okay. It was uh it was the day that uh um that I think that, you know, uh, uh that gay marriage became legal like nationwide and there were, so there were a lot of posts from everybody being like deservedly, you know, this is such a good day for everyone, what good news and everything. And then also on that day there was a news story that um Jimmy Fallon like cut his hand open on glass or something. <laughs> and I did a post on Facebook, I was like, This is such a wonderful day, like it's such a good day for everyone and I linked the story with uh Fallon getting his hand cut open and the fucking producer of the Kimmel show sent me an email being like you can't post this stuff it was on uh, facebook it wasn't even on Twitter. Yeah, it's like me. i was and like that was a very small early on thing where i was like i just am not my own man like yeah. you do trade in a lot you're you're trading in a lot for the money for sure anyway thank you for saying that nice thing about complicated <laughs> yeah yeah you're very welcome uh yeah no i love what you guys do i mean i just wanted to say like with comedy especially like i feel like comedy has made huge leaps with as far as like integrating politics into it in a in like a smooth way like it's like you don't you guys don't even have to be inherently political with what you're talking about but i feel like it's just like i enjoy the media that i'm consuming more so than like than stuff that i look back on as just like either void of politics or just like kind of cringy politics yeah, there's no, a lot of cringy politics out there for sure. <laughs> Brett said one time to me, like when when we were kind of adjusting the material of the show after, like when we decided to make it our thing, it was like, okay, we can't do what Chapo's doing. We yeah. can't do what the District Sentinel radio guys are doing. What can we do that they don't do? And he said to me really early, because I was like worried about getting away from politics. Like I was like, should we get away from politics? Like horse race stuff? Yeah. And he said, when you, he, he was basically like, everything we do drips with politics. You yeah. don't have to talk about the normal stuff because all you have to do is like, you're just, you have an overriding, we have like a, a philosophy right. over our show that makes it so, it's political when it's not, it's, it's, it tries to be political when it's not being political. I mean, political. a lot of this stuff, like, you know, frankly, like, comes from ideology you know what i mean versus like a lot of what you see on television is kind of like 
I don't know. I did it. It's like there are certain joke formats that work for each of the sort of political characters, and that's kind of how they do it, versus this where it's like this is just what you actually believe and what is your ideology, and so it kind of just is part of whenever you're talking about anything else. I think that what it comes to is that you actually have belief on like a lot of what you see on television. That's what makes a difference too, and that's what makes it like when you all talk about like pop culture stuff, it hits in a way that comes from a place where like Brian and I acknowledge that people – watch zero dark 30 and that is the history of the (laughs) bin uh, uh, Bin laden assassination to them that is the story (laughs) of it so we like have to dive into that stuff and also accept it and then figure out how to like what is tangled up in all of that how is that informing everything else that's around us why that's why these people that i'm around are frustrating me is because they are (laughs) listening they are also you know just uh, drenched in that culture, you know, yeah. right. of well, the yeah, media I mean, stuff. We talked about 24, the TV yeah. show 24, yeah. look, where it has warped yeah. people's brains yeah. to think that that's the situation yeah. that we're in all <laughs> the time. <laughs> yeah, I think the season of 24 is the most fucked up is when it starts on like a sort of an Arab family like in Valencia and for the first three episodes it's like what a normal family and then they just are terrorists yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the yeah. kid is the kid yeah, the is. kid is secretly a terrorist and he's a terrorist because his best friend who's white mispronounces his name that, all the oh, time that. it's okay, not I Ahmed it's Ahmed <laughs> yeah. and then that's like that for me it's like uh even realizing that, even realizing when you talk to people that aren't like kind of in our circle and stuff, that like their politics are kind of formed by yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. I, I had this conversation recently about Joe Biden. I think part of the reason he's the front runner is because of the image of him that the Onion created. I think they say that they too. They say guy, that the too. Guy, yeah. The guy who created that image for him, like, wrote an op-ed recently being like, I fucked up in doing that, and, like, this does not represent who Joe Biden is. And, like, and, and the thing is, that changed how we talked about, po- how liberals, at least, talk have talked about politicians since. Yeah. Because they do the same shit with Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, where and even Hillary Clinton too, where it's like they're not just these these, you know, boring old people. They're like cool and hip and like all the gifts of black women you use. Right. That's how they are so totally are and all this shit. And like, Nancy Pelosi's being sarcastic. Oh, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> yeah, like that really fucked up like Obama being cool and allowing that cool to trickle down to fucking square ass, <laughs> cop ass, b- bitch ass Joe Biden fucked us over immensely. Yeah, that's yeah, true. that's another part. I mean, that is the other thing you have to tap into is how much that culture has informed what we do, and like people that just accept that is like that's the candidate is whichever one is the coolest, right? <laughs> whichever one we decide is the coolest is the most like Harry Potter. Yeah. All right, and let's be frank. Like honestly, the people you know that do this entertainment, and I know you want to move on. Uh, do hang out with these politicians. You like yeah. mentioned Jimmy Kimmel like informing people's politics. He like has dinner with Joe Biden. He like told us all he went to dinner with Joe Biden and that like made me feel weird. <laughs> and it made him excited. It's I'm exciting sure. for him and his wife yeah. and they come in and they're like how exciting we went to dinner with Joe Biden and I'm like I think that's strange that he wanted to go to dinner with you. <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. It was like I remember 
when uh, Parks and Re- I used to watch Parks yeah, and Rec with my that. wife. She was a big fan of Parks and Recreation, right? And there was one night, and it wasn't Joe Biden actually. It was Newt Gingrich. That <laughs> oh was, my when they God. showed Newt Gingrich on there, and they were like, That's "This is so just a cute guy, like Newt Gingrich yeah. doing a cute little bit yeah. at a table with Leslie." Like nope. That. I was like, "I can't. I'm yeah. not gonna watch this anymore." Yeah, most infamous Newt Gingrich is like for hating like women more than anyone yeah. in the '90s. Like he just yeah. hated women. Yeah. So I'm sorry, caller. Did you have something you wanted to get in here before we walk all over you? No, I mean I'm satisfied with that that conversation. That was awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank we appreciate so it. Talking to you. Do you got a Twitter or a small business you're trying to get started? A small business. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Everybody uh, does. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, at at Wonderbooks and at Wonderwares. That's my shit. Oh, I have. One. Oh yeah, I got one. Yeah, one for writing comedy sets. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so that's my thing. All yeah, right. cool yeah, shit. So I love that. Go get it. They're good. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. I yeah, Newt Gingrich uh, was on Tough Parks choice. and Recreation. Yeah. He so talked to Jerry. <laughs> like Jerry on the show is like the character. Yeah, he's like dowdy and yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, that, and it's like we do have to, like, um, you know, I uh, was around a lot of people that were well-to-do and on the upward swing and dual income, no kids and all that stuff in dallas and dc and things like that and that really for them those people are just a part of the party it's like oh this cranky old newt you know him is just like he's he's making those kids you know work after school to get their lunch money (laughs) you know a lot of the tv shows they just look at it like how they would look at booking anyone yeah like this person has a high q score that would be like a good booking yeah Yeah, how exciting with the star yeah yeah how exciting and it's like they're all i mean that's what and and, and like in a way it's like i don't want to it's like you don't want to be the person that like tears it all down because you can see how it's enjoyable (laughs) then you have to remind them that's like but wait these people are like really like the monsters these are the enemies these are the folks evil yeah yeah Yeah. these (laughs) people have made decisions that we should be excommunicating them from society i agree with that all right let's see who our next call and what they got to say. Thanks for calling the Street Fight Struggle Sesh. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, Brad. Hey, Brian. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, it's Haley from uh, New Jersey. Howdy. What's up, Haley? Howdy. How's it going tonight? Good. Uh, first oh, wait, off, our admin? Thank you both yeah, that'd be me. Yeah, this is the model. If you go to store.streetfightradio.com, our wonderful first pick that shows up on Google and Facebook ads, <laughs> Haley, is the model for the uh, guys, gals, it's and non-binary true. pals tee. And it's like my favorite shirt that I own now. It's like stupid soft. I it's can't so even soft. It's such a good shirt. Either. And like the printing is electric. It's a great shirt. Yeah, uh, I'm debating on whether or not because I got a new tattoo, and I really want to wear that shirt like as much as I can. And it gets really hot right now, even in like late August up here. Um, I'm debating on whether or not I want to cut the sleeves and turn it into some kind of like muscle tank, and just really go full butch with it. But uh, <laughs> I've recently I discovered to, sleeveless shirts. That's fun. I'm a sleeveless shirts guy. Oh, wow. I am. Uh, I'm not, I'm not I, brave enough. I, no, I, I just got that brave this year. I, have <laughs> I see Connor Connor Golden is always wearing the sleeveless shirts. And he's I'm like, young. I can't he's like do t- it. 19. I know. I'm, I can't get away do it. with it. I, I've been, I have been pumping iron. I can't be reckless enough to cut the shirt off. What I do is I get a seam ripper and I detach the sleeve oh, really from the inside wow. so that there's no like fraying or loose ends. 
friends or anything like that. Do you ever like reconnect that. them? No, no, no. Them. Once they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> I yeah. cut the le- I cut the sleeves off of a come and go shirt that I got when I was Smart. on tour because it's like who cares? I didn't wear it ever anyway, and it was just a joke. And uh, then. I cut the sleeves off of another shirt that I had with a cowboy on it, which I figured like a cowboy, that's very powerful. Sure. <laughs> and then uh, Brett was Brett ordered shirts and asked me if I wanted one. And I was like, get me the tank top. Wow. Now here's the issue. I don't want to wear it. Like every, I've worn it once. Yeah, you look like a big ass Billy, don't you? I uh, yeah. I think if I I look Yes, it's extremely Ohio. <laughs> like all I need is a Mountain Dew in my hand. Yeah, yeah. While I'm out walking and be yelling at something. Yeah, like my wife on the street. Yeah, I just it really, really sells the Ohio ness of me when I wear that shirt. You know, but it's comfy. It is. It's it's, it has an anti-war message on it too. It does. It does. It does. It's Death a cool tr- shirt. Check I should have got the-, the t-shirt, though, because like you said, I still have... I know that like people that listen to the show are like, Brian's a fucking hillbilly, or Brian's a redneck guy. You know what I mean? Oh, he's proud of <laughs> being like this redneck idiot. And it's like, but... I am still running away from being a redneck idiot. You're not sure. You're not. <laughs> you're not shirt off all the time. Coastal elites, you know. You come yeah. off the, but little do they know. Still trying to run away from it while still like sort of being like, okay, I embrace it. I embrace who I was and who I am. But still, I don't want people to like immediately look at me and be like, I got to cross the street sort of situation. You don't have any tattoos. You don't have any like green tattoos to show off either. I don't have any tattoos. Um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, no, uh, the other reason I wanted to talk to you was um, so it's my birthday a couple of days ago. Um, Happy B day. It's the day David David Coke died. Whoa! Oh, um, what a gift! What a yeah, gift! Yeah, yeah. Yes. Great birthday present. Yeah. Uh, no, so I turned 25, but it's been it's been a pretty good week after a couple of really bad ones. Um, so my hours are actually back up at work and. Um, I went from getting out-of-state tuition to in-state tuition at my grad school, so now I'm getting more money back. Great. Um, love money. So I can afford rent and food and stuff. Oh, love uh, it. And on wow. top of all the, that... The nice shit, uh, that bougie <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and on top of all that, I actually uh, just got published in a book. Uh, cool. The was signed and my chapter's been approved, so... Yeah, um, book called, uh, it's an academic textbook, so forgive the name. Um, but uh, it's called Denial, the Final Stage of Genocide, and we're talking about um, different subject matters within the field of genocide studies. Um, yeah, we did. submitted a paper. Anything about white on, genocide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be everybody, also... every, everybody asked this question. <laughs> it sounds like a good sci-fi it's trilogy like, as well. <laughs> um. No, it's it's funny. Uh, it's funny that you said anything about white genocide. I can conclusively tell you that as a genocide scholar, it does not exist. Oh, that's there what I wow. Wow. Did the uh, work. I've been hearing from like some oh. other people. That yeah. yeah, some of my face online. Um, I'm going to you some YouTube videos. Yeah, I think, I think maybe you're in a liberal bubble. I, I, I met a couple people. Yeah. I met a couple people that have Trump six. They're on a Facebook group. <laughs> 
Somebody told me yeah. uh, Josh Barnett, a fighter. Yeah, yeah. And I he used Josh. to be a pro wrestler. Rails against critical theory every day. And I'm like, do you think he has ever read like one word of critical theory <laughs> he's, in his entire life? He's a big Warhammer 40K guy. Like that's what he does. He, he's read he, like one person called Warhammer 40K fascist and that like turned him off critical gender theory or whatever. <laughs> yeah. See, it's funny. Like, I'm, I'm like, at the, and I'm at, like, the front of the field because I'm the only one in the history of the field of genocide studies, which has been around since, like, the early 80s, um, to do anything on, like, trans people, and mainly because I'm trans myself, but also, you know, cis people, which dominate most everything, don't <laughs> tend to write about us, um, and when they do, it's, really uh, um, objectifying and almost like we're objects of like study and not like actual people with like lived experiences. Um, you know, so that's been a kind of a terrible thing to have to deal with. But um, so I initially was getting some pushback there, but um, uh, the president of my field uh, society, that's the International Association of Genocide Scholars, um, has read my work and um, he called it the most important contribution in 10, oh. 20 years. So that was... Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, That's why we need a soundboard with applause. Like <laughs> I mean, I have my own podcast. I have like my own really great podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Brian's feeling threatened right now. Brian's feeling a little bit threatened right now. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, I'd rather have the podcast. Because <laughs> uh, they don't pay me for this paper. And I don't use an academic publishing. You don't get any royalties or anything like that. So You can't you sell know, shirts? It's not like I get Yeah. <laughs> get a teespring. Get a teespring or something. You can sell genocide shirts. <laughs> that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, to close it off, I think the last thing is just like uh, the worst part about the field that they study, though, is that I can't talk about it with anybody. Like I'm in a I'm in a bunch of different groups, but I hang around mostly um, with the moderators of the Facebook group, you know, that we're all in, and then also like uh, the Chapo folks. Um, and uh, every time I try to talk about genocide, somebody's always like, oh, boy, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, dog, y'all can sit here and have a conversation about whatever, like, Overwatch character you're talking about. But God forbid I get really serious and <laughs> yeah, I talk about something that interests me, you know? Man, yeah. Like, Damn. No, that's, that's bullshit. The worst possible topic. No, if you ante up, if you ante up, it's on them to like listen. It's on them to like be for it. Like fuck that. Right? Don't be weak. Right? <laughs> Deal with genocide. Deal okay. with genocide. You, fucking you, here. Sit and no, listen. I think you can sell it. Sell it as like true crime, <laughs> okay. just on like a massive scale. Like yo, 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 you like that uh, fucking uh, tick and this shit? Or, or what if it was like a whole country doing it? Wow. Like like a hundred thousand Ted Bundy. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna work. We're gonna put you in the street cr street fight creative workshop group so we can get this yeah. thing rolling for you. Yeah, we'll get this thing into podcast shape. And I, yeah, I'll I want. That I want this. Oh God, a podcast called Genocide <laughs> that is just like the like somebody oh. that would sit down at work and be like, oh yeah, just listen yeah. to I just marathon big <laughs> yeah nine episode of Genocide. because <laughs> <laughs> I hear what well, people listen to 
like there are a lot of people that listen to a lot of those history podcasts and like i hear about it and i'm like how do you like even handle that (laughs) like i need to laugh or something i yeah too crazy for hardcore history. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. I like, I like hardcore history. history. Really? Hardcore but... history does, whenever he talks, if he, I haven't heard it, but anytime somebody talks about war on a podcast, I'm like, those are real people that died. And then I get depressed. It's, yeah. And then but, I can't listen to but it's it. Like, no, you're, you're the like, hardcore history guy, there's a little bit of like, a little like, he like he likes it a little too much. Well, yeah, no, you're in, you're in the middle of, no, you're, in, you're at like yeah. some sort of summer party and a person is like, well, actually, a couple hundred thousand people had to die from the bomb because millions others would have died. And it's like, why are you bargaining lives? Like, why are you thinking about bargaining yeah. the lives of other people while you're working what the hardcore history guy does yep. he'll actually get the journals of like the people who are in like the uh fucking bunkers at world war one where they stacked the bodies up when they ran out of sandbags and they would shake the hand of the dead guys that were sticking out yeah and there were so many flies oh, yeah. that looked like a blanket yeah that's the sort of thing he would get into so i'm not sh- so i think it's maybe that's, no, that's- hard, hardcore genocide may be able to work. I, yeah. I agree. Wow. I agree. Wow. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, I, at least, at least in my, in this hypothetical podcast, I won't claim to like be telling history or talking about an event in a nonpartisan way. Like that's the biggest problem I have with that podcast. Yeah. Is that, mm. um, he's a libertarian. Um, right. And uh, he likes to pretend that he's not talking about history in a way that's political. But here's the thing, like, not to sound like too much of an academic, but you can't do that. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, Yeah, open up uh, our minds. The way he tries to, to, like, play both sides of the equation, um, I will say the one thing he actually is good at is, like, not, well, I mean, relatively anyway, um, on the war on the Eastern Front, uh, thing that he did when they were talking about like the the Germans invading the Soviet Union during World War Two, uh, he was a little bit like these poor Nazis were just surrounded. <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't very fair to the Nazis. People, but but see, it's weird because he'll he'll talk like that, and then it's like it's a side podcast, like his hardcore history addendum thing that somebody pointed out to me because I didn't even know this existed up until like three months ago. Um, he like uh, just unequivocally like shut down somebody's question about the Nazis being left wing. So he's this weird kind of guy. Like on yeah. the main podcast, he'll be a little less gung ho about you know both sizing or not. I mean about being you know dismantling any sort of argument that's pro Nazi. But on the podcast, the side thing that like literally nobody listens to. Unless you just got somebody with absolutely no time on your hand, with amount of time on your hands, excuse you me. Um, you know, uh, then he'll say it, but it's only been one time, and I know he's talked about the Nazis another time. And it's really weird. He's a really weird guy. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but a five hour podcast episode is a little ridiculous so I put that <laughs> part, come on I do have to agree with that you know? shout out to Dan Carlin split those episodes up split them up split them up Dan we can do split five tonight maybe well thanks for calling in we appreciate it no problem thank you guys thank you alright rocking and rolling 
I have. We're lifting the veils off these sheeples, right? They're listening to hardcore history and think it's not political. It is. Yeah. I've listened to uh, a five hour podcast. uh, My arch enemy, David Bixen span hosts. (laughs) Oh, really? uh, Called uh, Between the Sheets, where he just talks about the wrestling news for a week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Five to six to eight hours sometimes. But then when he hates. Then when he came after me, I was like, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, with the wrestling podcast, like the it's like the smaller your audience is, the longer you can the show. Needs yeah, to be. yeah, always, always. Yeah, you gotta dig in for the hardcores. That's the only people that are paying your bills. All right, let's see who's up next on here. We're gonna we're not in speed round territory next. I think we can get this thing rolling and, and get everyone taken you care of. Time. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? <laughs> What is up, Brett and Brian and Leslie and Jack? What's up? You did it. You hey, got the names right. You didn't, names. You didn't call yeah. them the other guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. So I actually have kind of a bummer of a story. Um, yeah, typical. I actually was, uh, I was recently fired on uh, Friday. Oh, uh, that sucks. Uh, after, uh, yeah, I've been there for three years. Uh, Oof. This is uh, Steve from uh, – I, I did not introduce myself, by the way. Sorry. You're fine. Um, Steve from Houston? That's Steve from Kansas. Kansas, Kansas. sorry. Steve from Lawrence, Kansas, right on. Anyway, so I um, I recently lost my job of uh, three years to uh, basically a is a very – the way they tried to, like, get rid of me was very humorous because they definitely uh, made it clear that they were lying. Huh. Um, so basically – uh, I just get uh, told to go upstairs uh, and talk to the, uh, the general manager, and uh, she shows me this video of me uh, uh, checking a customer out. And so in the video, uh, I place like a bag of beans on the uh, scale. Right. It falls over. I, I pick it up and uh, I pick it up, put it up back on the scale, and reweigh it just like normal. So what they tried to do while they showed me the video is they tried to pause it right when the bag fell over. And they while they, while the video was still playing, they said, what are you, do, what are you doing there? Are you, uh, oh, are no. you sorting a customer on the team? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh. The, video still playing. the video was still playing, and I point out, um, look, I actually... Uh, I actually like put the beans back on and re- made it directly. Yeah, I spilled uh, all those beans all over the fucking place and redid it. And immediately, uh, the HR guy, who is also president, just blows up and says, you know what? I'm not going to argue this with you. I want you gone. Okay. Oh, what God. the fuck? This is crazy, because last is... week, we had a guy <laughs> that worked at a place for a few years, and they called him in the office, and they fired him because they said they didn't like his beard. They, they said, said it was against policy was to against have a policy. beard. This guy just well, you know, beat beard guy. At Disneyland before too long. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the but they didn't them. say anything to him. In the run up, they just called him in one day and said, your beard's too long, you're out of you here. Gotta go. This guy beat beard guy. Beard wow. guy and beard Fired guy. Fired him for being beard guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and also, like, I guess, and this is just a guess for me. That like those HR guys get so keyed up before they're about to fire you, yeah. yeah that they're just ready to oh, fucking right. go. They're not gonna take any oh, shit. Right. Yeah, this dude is pretty high energy, like all the time. And uh, uh, I, I I worked for a co-op actually, 
uh, Merck Co-op in uh, Lawrence, Kansas. City. I've met uh, you. And that and in person. Yes, yeah, that's right. In Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That was an awesome show. Uh, would love to have you again. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was a a, re- a real fiasco because apparently everyone found out about that, and apparently they're not like allowed to talk about it. I guess in some something or other. But the thing is, so the, the HR guy, he always has this positive attitude. And apparently, he will, like, if he ever has to kick somebody out or fire somebody, apparently he just gets, he just gets mad and will cut people off. Okay. The kind of, not, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, it's just going to go his way. He's just basically, like, he's made the decision. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to deal with somebody that makes, like, uh, a, like, you know, makes an objection that would be valid. He doesn't yeah. want to have to deal with all the other stuff. He's like, I don't care. I'm sure it probably sucks for you. I'm just going to make it happen for me. It's a Band-Aid thing. Right. Like, it's a guy I, that read the books, right? Yeah. The Black <laughs> books. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you can... Black kinda, Belt Negotiation. Right. You can, you can kind of, like, sniff them out at times yeah. because there are, like, these certain tricks where it's like... Uh, we talked about that this on the show last week where they're like, if somebody brings up their personal life when asking for a raise you should deny it you should never bring up your it's not Ugh. fair yeah. i guess to the hr person yeah it's not right just not right <laughs> not fair you're don't say popcorn that popcorn for dinner your kids are eating popcorn <laughs> for dinner you're don't tell me that me. don't tell me that you know? not my problem <laughs> <laughs> i feel for you uh my problem I feel for you. Now you're probably gonna not get to work at a co-op. Now it's it's that that is I'm probably not gonna get to work like anywhere for probably a while because they they class staff and they've also denied me unemployment for the next three years. Basically, I can't <sighs> I can't wow. actually even apply for unemployment for the next three years in the state of Kansas. This is how how the rights work kind of work basically, and it's yeah that's that's pretty shitty. So I'm like basically in a very place right now uh economically i guess um so that's that's basically like the long sort of it and so yeah that's, that's basically been like yeah what i've been dealing with for the last couple of days i've even put in some like apps and stuff like that but i'm just like i don't know if anyone's gonna fucking like call me back so. there's Man, gonna i mean the thing is like if it's just a small amount of money to get you through you know that there are like little things that you can walk in and just get and that's that's kind of i mean that's how i handled it when i got out of college it was like i couldn't do street fight for a living didn't want to get a real job like where i would be stuck doing it and then it would keep me from being able to do the touring and shit like that so i went and got a job making 850 an hour just i know that's not enough money and it sucks to make that kind of money but you, there are places, and that's the way I always thought of it when I worked there too. It's like there are places that will pay you shitty, but the job is worth nothing, and you can just fucking leave if they bother you. You know what I mean? And get oh, another. Right, yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had those jobs before, including one of those desk jobs that y'all were talking about, just a do nothing desk job. Uh, it was actually a pretty nice job, and the people there were actually really cool. But you were subject to furloughs all the time, like everyone was. And, didn't basically it was like well there's no work so uh come back in like two weeks so Jeez. you just wouldn't get hours for been there uh, i have i i will tell you this uh i i have definitely 
I've, I've been in your situation and it feels scary. Like the whole world is coming crashing down, but something that like, you just got to think like, you know, you can do this. Like you can get through something like this. Like it's not impossible. And, and like, you know, just, just keep pushing, just, push for there's got to be there's going to be something out there and it's probably going to be better than what you had every i leveled up every time i lost a job even if i fired i got fired i basically and honestly if a job is going to pull some shit like that on you it's like maybe not best to be there like they're going to pull it eventually eventually it's going to happen to people there you know just a bummer. It's a co-op. It is yeah. a bummer. It, uh, that was the yeah, wrinkle yeah, to the story that I was like, yeah. that was the sort of tales from the crypt twist. <laughs> those, sort of, those sort of do. Me and Brett performed at a co-op in Milwaukee once, and uh, I went there to visit, and I was like, hey, I, I'm gonna go to the co-op, right? Like, I want to go to that co-op that we performed at, and like, you know, we'll buy my wife a beer because she drinks, and and she can drink the beer, and we'll, we'll support the co-op. And I talked to a guy that lives there, and he's like. That place ain't the same co-op. I think co-ops and there yeah. are a lot of co-ops that corporatize themselves right. because they feel like that's the only way to compete with this one. Did corpor- yeah, yeah. The Merc did corporatize, I think, back in a few years ago. Few yeah. Years ago, with yeah. The one here was run um, by yeah, like pretty- the one here was run by like hippies. And they uh, right. they wouldn't corporatize, and it's not here anymore. Oh, <laughs> like they, it just went away, you know. That's, uh, it's also in on. this neighborhood, which is uh, unfortunately like one of those neighborhoods that like if you're a business, they don't want. They just <coughs> get the fuck out of here. Columbus is a really rough place mm. when it comes to like development because they desperately, desperately, desperately want to be a city that people come to to visit. And it's like, no, people will never tour here. People will never say, I'm going to take the weekend and I'm going to go to Columbus, Ohio. There's no way. I I, I saw when I was at the airport that you guys were ranked number one Midwest city by Business Magazine. Right, yeah, that's real good for us as people, too. (laughs) But it it is like... Eventually you'll have to live here, but like you're never going to want a vacation here. You're never going to want a vacation here. Somebody was saying to me earlier, they were like, you know... uh, people are gonna have to end up moving in. Like Columbus could end up being the next cool, yeah. New York City, but that's because New York you is underwater. Well, I mean, they, if you live in a city like this, or like any of these kind of Indianapolis, is probably the same way. Like uh, Detroit is not the same way because they've had their 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 ups and downs or whatever. Yeah. But like, if you live in a city like this. It's like this weird delusional thing where there's people constantly convincing themselves that we can be the next Seattle in the 90s. (laughs) We can be the next Austin, Texas. What's so special about Austin, Texas? Austin, Texas isn't even what people think Austin, Texas. Austin is like fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. and, And like, so they'll tear down. I mean, here... This city's 200 years old, and all the buildings were built in, like, 1987. <laughs> you know, like, it's like they knock everything down that looks interesting and all. That's why it's so mind-blowing and shit for me. I loved L.A. so much because it didn't look like we go to city New. after city after city after city. And L.A., and this is a compliment. This is not negative. looks kind of junky. Yeah, L.A. is, like, kind of big and sprawled out. 
and shitty. You know? Yeah, and like, there's not oh, enough time like, to keep it all up. And there's so much of it. It's like there's just too many wide swaths. Like you go through whole blocks where it just like sucks. It's just a nothing block. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah. Like I like that though. I, I like, kind of do too. I like that's why I like Philly too. Go ahead. All right. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. All right. Philly. All right, wait, looks... One quick. Oh, right go quick. Ahead. Is it cool if I uh, go ahead and uh, so? I want to plug, go ahead and plug my Twitch because I, I mean, I do that and since I'm gonna have a whole lot of time on my hands. Anyway, oh hell yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. yeah! Be proud of your, be proud of your craft. You're a worker. That yeah, Twitch yeah. is great. Uh, Kansas Beach Patrol uh, is my Twitch handle. Uh, uh, play games. I make games. I make music. I make art. Um, yeah. And uh, since I'm gonna be a little low on funds, my uh, Venmo and Cash App are also the same thing. Kansas Beach Patrol. Please help me out. All right, Twitch.tv/slash Kansas Beach. Patrol. Thank you for calling in. I Thank appreciate you. it. So far, so good. We got enough calls. I think we're going to come in before midnight. I think we can get everything in here. Let's see what the next person has to say. You ready to do this? Yeah. Thanks for calling. Who are we talking to? Hey, what's up? This is Terry. Hey, Terry. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? How you spell that, Terry? How you spell it? How you spell Terry? Uh, that's with a Y. With a Y, okay. With a Y, all right. So, um, this will be a good follow-up. You know, much uh, sympathy and solidarity with the last guy getting fired from the co-op. That fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, the reason I am calling in, and this is a good follow-up, is uh, because my boss got fired. Oh, that's Hell great yeah. news. That's, that's really good that's news. That's why we yeah. need the applause yeah. soundboard. Yep. So, um... You know, this was the uh, hands down the worst boss I've ever had, and uh, I I have had. Hang on, let me take off the speaker here. I have had some shitty, shitty fucking bosses, sure. but uh, you know, she she was a bully. She would anytime there was a problem, she was making personal attacks. She Jeez. once made a fat joke at my expense. <laughs> uh, you know, she she's just a tyrant. You know, this was not someone who is a leader. Uh, not even like someone with management skills, like all she knew how to be was just a fucking boss. Yeah. Just, yeah. You do shit because I tell you to do it. Right. Push somebody and, around. Uh, you know, exactly. Just, you know, in super shitty politics, uh, fucking fascist. Um, <laughs> you know, she, she, uh, immigrated from the uh, Soviet union when she was like a kid. So, you know, she, she knew everything about how, how shitty anything on the left was because she lived it, and there was really right, nothing to right. ever say in yeah. response to that. That's just um, like how I fucking... know a bunch of stuff when I was a little kid. I was like, <laughs> the, and I was like hey, you know, that's why, yeah. I'm, that's why I am who I am. I was, a little, I was yeah. a little kid during the Reagan years, and I just remember being you like know, I, seven. I lived in Los Angeles during the, uh, the riots. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was like six years old, and so I'm, of course, an expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah when, I was six, when I was six years old, I was like, this Reagan, this conservatism is sick to me. I hate it. This is gross. So when I developed all my opinions, yeah. And just kept go. them that way forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, and she was stealing money out of my pocket for six months because uh. I came on at, when they hired me, uh, and this was I I was uh, you know doing doing marketing stuff at a, a nonprofit, and uh, you know she they brought me on as a contractor because they had had some kind of turnover and they wanted to have this three months probationary thing as a contractor where they decide whether or not to bring me on. And then I got to the end of the three months 
And I was in this uh, limbo where she would just, I couldn't get the meeting scheduled where we would discuss, uh, you know, what was going on, what was going on with my status. So after six months back in June, uh, they finally brought me on full time. Uh, except I was on some bullshit probationary status again. What? Uh, supposedly for I know for like another three months where they needed to decide whether or not it was going <laughs> to work out or whether they were going to keep me. Um, but then at the end of July, uh, one of our board members came into the office, and uh, she this is this was you know past quitting time. This was like seven o'clock, so it was just like me and like the number two guy. Uh, at the company that was there and uh, she came in this board member and she was like hey do you know do you know anything about you know a, a board meeting that's going on here I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be I'm like oh you know let me see if the boss is still here you know she uh, she, she would know something about that and uh, this board member was like oh actually she wouldn't know anything about this oh and, uh, interesting <laughs> exactly and uh, me and the, the guy who was like the number two, after she, she walked away, just kind of exchanged a look. I was like, well, that was ominous. He goes, that was very ominous. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out they were having the meeting uh, at this company across the street where one of the other board members is some boss. Uh, so they were having a, a secret off-site uh, wow. board meeting that the boss was not invited to. Uh, so, you know, you know the whole whole. I couldn't barely sleep that night. I'm like, oh my God, I can't find out. Like, did she get fired tonight? Like, what's going on? And uh, so come in the next day, no news. And uh, it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe that was really nothing. Maybe this was a false alarm. The following Monday, uh, she calls this sudden, unexpected staff meeting. And she announced it. And the chair of the board is in on it. comes into this meeting. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, when, when the chair walked in. And uh, she announces that she is uh, moving back to Florida, that she has decided to leave. Uh, and, uh, she's, going to, she's going to miss us all so much, but she just, I'm an island girl. I'm an island girl, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> she was in the mirror all night yeah. long just practicing, saying, I'm an island girl. Yeah. I've always been an island yeah, girl. Yeah. I'll say this. And did she this cry? This is something I've learned from doing Street Fight. <laughs> no, she did not cry. Oh, so good. That's impressive. <laughs> this is something I've learned from doing Street Fight. So chicken shit for them to have, like, the secret meeting and yeah. go to the other right, building right. and talk shit about. Like, I hear so right. much, sto so many stories about, like, well, yeah, the, you know, there was a meeting at work and then everybody went to it except for me. I got the institutionalized shit talking. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Of, like, shit talking by institution, no, like, I, by design. There was one Wednesday I showed up to a job and they were like, man, Brett, we just had a meeting and, like, they're going to fire you on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> they just like convene me. They're like, "Hey, come on! Like everybody talks shit." Like, like, hey, Brett won't talk shit. They're like, "Well, Brett won't be here," and they're like, "Ooh, what does that mean?" You know, is that in Texas? <laughs> yeah, that was in Texas. That's right, because you Brett asked for more money. Oh, yeah, was, it's an amazing story where Brett said, "I noticed you're bringing in this much." <laughs> yeah, but uh, and then got fired a few days later. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh. 
my replacement showed yeah, up. That's a, that's a, that's as good as saying you want to quit. <laughs> right. Like if you start asking for money, it's like if you ask for more money, it's like yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. At a small business, you never like yeah. don't mention. They're like, what do you know about my account? Which, <laughs> that's by the true. Way, that's true. By the way, you don't know what they're fucking doing, which is the yeah. other risk of working at a small business because them motherfuckers can just close. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I'm like, like we just don't have any money. We can't run the store another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so two days after that, right? Uh, she came up on the elevator with a coworker who wasn't in this meeting where she told us that she's going to. Oh, and and she's going to be leaving at the end of the month, and then the new boss is going to come in uh, two weeks two weeks after this meeting. So she was going to to stay on, uh, and then the new boss was going to take over, and then she was going to continue staying on for another two weeks after that for some kind of. Uh, transitional period or something to help with, you know, institutional knowledge, some sort of a, you know, a soft, sure. soft landing, soft transition. Uh, so two days after that, she she comes up the elevator with a coworker who was not at the meeting on Monday, and uh, someone I had called after the meeting to tell her, you know, this big news. And uh, so after she gets off the elevator with this coworker, she uh, she 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 comes into my office. And she just fucking lights into me. I had no idea what's going on. You know, she'd been after me for, for a while. Uh, she, she comes into my office and she goes, who gave you the fucking authority to tell other employees that I'm going to be leaving? <laughs> I love it. I love I'm it. Flabbergasted. Yeah. She, you know, clearly told on herself that this was not her idea. I'm yeah. going to. Hey, how are you going to go around and tell and people that I was gonna going to be leaving? <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to decide soon to move to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> you told oh, people I was an island girl before I really <laughs> revealed it myself. Denial in her mind was <laughs> Fucking so it I'm must stunned. be incredible. Just, yeah. yeah, it must be incredible what's going on in her head. It feels way, better to lash out than to like live into what's happening. Yeah, right, right. So I'm I'm speechless, and she goes, "Do you have any intelligence whatsoever?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, hey, you know, I just told one person and that was a fucking lie." But um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> And she goes, and who gave you the fucking authority? <laughs> I said, look, I'm sorry. It was big news. She goes, exactly. <laughs> See, but this is like. Grow up, Terry. I think that I like I have been a part of these moments in lives and instead of like thinking myself as like being yelled at or victimized, like I've been like the foil to someone's like giant tragedy like yeah. this is the build-up for everything they get to tell somebody off right. and i'm the one that's sitting there right. like i don't know what you're talking wow. about like exactly you you wouldn't know what i'm talking about you never did and you're just like okay yeah and it's like wow. scream your hate at me like just heap it on fine yeah. like Say i'm, I'm gonna are. just clock out and sometimes it's fun to be like the supporting character it is and it's like story. if you can slot yourself yeah, into like, a I'll side character and wow. soak it up myself in someone else's third act this i'm I'm so ashamed of myself, but now that you're leaving, I'm going to just live in complete dread. We know she's at her yeah. island home now. Her she island, is. island villa hating, like talking shit about you right now. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, and I'm, I'm, you know, on, on red alert at this point because there is nothing, nothing holding her back. Uh, as far as I can see, from firing me before she hits the exit. So I am, you know, walking on eggshells. Yeah. 
for two weeks after after this this meeting. And uh, meeting. One thing that kind of yeah. One thing that that kept me going through all of this was I realized I'm the marketing guy, right? I am going to get to delete her as an admin from our Facebook page. And that is going to be so fucking sweet. Yeah. And this was sustaining me for two weeks. And uh, you know, that Friday, I'm I'm trying to you know I'm, I'm trying to do continue doing a good job as I, as I would anyway. But uh, I'm trying to get these brochures printed because we've got to get these out ASAP so you know people can start. Uh, you know, giving us money. And so I end up staying there on a Friday night until 5.30 a.m. the next day. Oh, Jesus. Uh, getting these fucking brochures uh, printed in order to do uh, a bulk mailing uh, over the weekend. And then I came back in at 10 a.m. the next day to work with some volunteers I had rounded up uh, to get them folded and shit and ready to mail out. And she didn't say a word of acknowledgement to the fact that I had, I had worked a 20-hour day. Uh, no word of thanks. And the following Wednesday, which this was like a week and a half ago now at this point, uh, she just fucking is dragging me in the staff meeting and uh, just going over every way in which like I have disappointed her every, every deadline that I missed because I had to put everything else on the back shelf to, <laughs> to get these brochures out the door. And um, so she's just dragging me in this meeting. I finally get out of it and I start having... Uh, these fucking chest pains like I have never experienced Oof, before. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah I've never felt anything like this. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm coming back from the post office after getting these brochures out. And, uh, you know, this is three hours later and it still happened. I'm like, I'm like, did she give me a fucking heart attack? Like, I need to go get this checked out. <laughs> yeah, she did like a five-point so, death punch on you or something. Yeah. So, so I spend the night in the hospital. Uh, this is the night before my birthday, as it turns out. And so the following day, you know, I, I go to work. I go to work the next day after spending the night in the hospital uh, because of how I was getting chewed out because we got to get this project done. we got to get these brochures out. You're dedicated. And uh, <laughs> I, I try. I, you know, I, I, I'm lucky to have uh, a job that I like and something that's meaningful and fulfilling to me. Uh, and this boss was like the worst part of it. She, she was the one, the one thing that made my life hell. And, uh, so I, I, the following Friday, so I, I chilled out the next day. It was my birthday. You know, I'm just trying to lay low. She knew what happened. So we, she wasn't fucking coming near me that day. Um, and, uh, that Friday is her last day in power. And I ended up spending the entire day trying to get her fired and cut off this two-week uh, transition <laughs> yeah. period. And, get her sent uh, home so early? Ended up, okay. Yeah, exactly. So I spent the whole day trying to get her fired. Uh, I, called, I called board members. I knew some of the board. I let them know. You know I ended up having a call with the, uh, the chair of the board, who's you know, obviously extremely concerned. Um, but you know, she, she gave a bunch of bullshit about how, well, you know, uh, you can, you know, with behavioral cognitive therapy, you know, they can help you with this anxiety and, uh, you know, it's, you know, that if this happens again, you can tell them that, uh, you know, you have anxiety attacks and they won't have to go through quite the whole barrage of tests that ended up keeping you there all night. And I was like, I do not have an anxiety problem. I have a, this boss problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, 
that that so I'm unsuccessful in trying to get her get her kicked out. But that Friday, as I'm doing all of this, I got to watch her pack up her office and move into this tiny little closet that was our accounting office. And the entire next week, it was just so fucking delicious to 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 see her powerless, not able to do anything of of you know being in charge and. Um, you know, helping the new boss with this transition. Um, and, but then tonight, and this is the reason I ended up calling in, uh, I, I, I was on our Facebook and I noticed that she had preemptively deleted herself. Oh, as an no. Nice. She didn't she give you the satisfaction. <laughs> hey, wow. you are her. She wouldn't let you. She's like, no, I quit, actually. I, did, I didn't get fired. I quit. I'm, I'm on the island. You're her yeah. enemy. last fucking time she stole my happiness. That's I, that's uh, island I people. Know. That's island life, you know. That's yeah. You gotta understand. Carefree. Like, <laughs> they're just gonna go where they have to go. Know. They're like birds. They might, gotta be free. Right. I might see her at the office tomorrow. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Tell like, her to no sign back up as an admin on the Facebook. <laughs> like I need you to do. Actually, you're required. I need, need you to be an admin what, on the page for the last day. That's what told me to do in the Facebook group. <laughs> to complete your contract and get your final paycheck, you're gonna have to do a couple more Facebook posts. So I'm gonna have to have you re-sign up as an admin. Well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Thank I want you. And he's, we doing good? We doing good? Yeah, some people jumped in at the end. They they might get dropped off. Yeah, but we it's got fine. 25 minutes. We got two to go. We got two people that have been sitting for a while. I okay. think we can make it happen. Let's get them done, man. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hell yeah, boy. This is Mississippi Willie. What's up? Hey, Mississippi Willie. How's it going? Mississippi What's Willie. That's Mississippi oh, Willie. He's a sweetie. What's up, Mississippi Willie? It's what been you a long to? time. It's been a long time. I figured I should hang out doing. Yeah, how's, well, I want to know from you, how's the show been going so far? What are your thoughts on it? You've been listening. I, I really cherish your opinion. Good. I listen to it every week. I always hear it at work. Good. I'm a little sad I didn't get to come see y'all in Nashville, but... Yeah, I really, I really regret not giving you the VIP treatment. We could have got you a limousine and and brought you there. I really, I really want you to come to the show and just sit on the side and uh, let us know how it's going. Like you can give us a critique as we're doing it. (laughs) Mississippi Willie, you'll see us live someday. We're going to make it happen. I have to look. I I know. I hope so. I have to go down near Mississippi. Like the reason probably we haven't gone there is because it would probably be on a tour that involves New Orleans that I'm not going to sign up for. Maybe St. Louis. Yeah, I wouldn't go there either if I were you. St. Louis is another motherfucker. I guess. guess, (laughs) Kansas City? The worst experience. One of the worst live experiences was really? St. Louis. Yeah, we went to a. People were like, "You guys gotta do this bar, man. It's called Propaganda. They use old Soviet propaganda, and it had like a hammer and sickle outside, and they were playing like Soviet stuff inside. And we fucking got to the venue, and Brett walked up to talk to him about like where we were gonna be for performing, and they were like, "Do you like have a PA or anything? Like they didn't have any sound equipment. Oh. Yeah, it was wild. It was pretty wild. We had to get a hold of the IW, the local IWW brought us a PA, and we set it up. But like, they're like protesting rig, like the one they go when they're going to like raise hell in the streets. Like we borrowed that to do the show. They also would not uh, close the doors. 
Like so they wouldn't yeah, they didn't want a door guy. They didn't want people charging the cover to get in. Oh, so wow. that makes it hard to get paid. And <laughs> it also makes it so a bunch of people that aren't there for just the show in. just wander yeah, in right. and sit at the bar and yell while yeah. the people that are trying to right. watch We're the show. We're just interrupting their conversation, yeah, their yeah. good night out. Interesting, sure. So, so yeah, thanks for calling in, Mississippi Willie. How are things? Oh good. Uh I'm taking my stupid ass back to school. I start again tomorrow, so. You think you're going to get it right this time? I hope so. Oh, God. What are you trying to do? Uh, You know, I, I don't know. I think I'll probably end up working in restaurants forever anyway, but I'm going to the <laughs> thing, so. Well, I mean, I, well, I mean, but if you're good at restaurants, you can really make a go of it, though. Yeah, like, and you can break down people's. I'm going to have to figure out how to get out of Mississippi first, though, you know. You just got to get an apartment. That's it. <laughs> you just got to get an apartment and go. Somewhere I mean, else. An apartment about, in another place. The thing about working in restaurants is, I guess it's probably hard to apply from, like, far away. You know? Because they're not, like, yep. flying you in to do. Right. For sure. You, <laughs> you, you, you need a restaurant jobs everywhere. Yeah, you need yeah, a place. get an apartment. You need a place to crash, and then you need to be able to hit the bricks and, like, talk to people and say, hey, I can work on your restaurant like tonight. Like, a couple weeks or yeah. a month. Like, I can work in the restaurant tonight, but you need like a couch to sleep on while you show up to restaurants and let them let them know that you're available. Yeah. Willie, there's a ton of restaurants well, in Columbus. In the Facebook group. I can ask somebody if I can live on their couch for a while. We need to get a couch surfer network going for real. <laughs> Tinder for couch surfing. <laughs> you know what killed couchsurfing.com? What? Fucking uh, Airbnb. Yeah. It did. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a really big deal. Yeah. There was that one. There was that site that was uh, people were getting free trips across the country yeah, with. Yeah, now people just do Airbnb. Airbnb yeah. fucking sucks. It really yeah. does. I mean, like... I like it. Just as, like, the experience, I hate it. Yeah. They've, they've become... Most of them just are hotels. So yeah. Like, occasionally, sometimes you'll get one that's, like, a nice someone's house, and it's like, well, this is kind of cool. A lot of times it's just a property that's only used as Airbnb, and it's set up, like... A hotel. Yeah, like, yeah. So what the fuck is the difference? That's well, we, we had a, it's a hotel. Yeah, they don't have any of the amenities of a hotel, <laughs> but we had a situation when we were on the tour where the cleaning people showed up at 10:30 a.m. and someone fired up the oh. mo- someone fired up the mower and started driving <laughs> it around and it was just they were like, "Oh, sorry to do this y'all. We don't normally have back-to-backs, but uh, someone's coming uh, later, uh, so uh, we need And they're like, "Yeah, we're like car- they're watching us carry our stuff." They're wow. like, "Is that is that everything then?" And it's like, like, "I don't know. I need to do a last check still. <laughs> it's 10:48. I still have this yeah, place at 10 fucking 48, you know. Yeah. The kid, their kid is out running <laughs> around in the front yard and shit it was so bad yeah he was he was mowing along with his little baby his little like grandson in his lab and then again the other thing is we stayed in places that were for 10 people that were not no they lied about what a bed is they lied about what a bed is there's a lot of bed lying and two yeah there's a lot of bed lying there's a lot of bed lying they would be like we stayed in one place that didn't have they have blankets for the beds, but no other blankets. <laughs> yeah, nobody oh, else. Yeah. No blankets. That's worse than how I'm staying. Yeah, yeah and some of these beds don't provide blankets. <laughs> right, right. three towels yeah. in one of them yeah. for ten. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just unpack your suitcase on top of yourself and sleep underneath. I know. That. It just it, like that tour just broke me of like I just like hotels. I'm just yeah. yeah like, they don't. You know, hotels are super expensive, but the Airbnbs yeah. just do not deliver. And the Airbnbs suck because it's all like 
gentrification. Like yes, I, yes. I, 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 the last time I couch surfed was actually with a guy in Philadelphia, and uh, he took me to his building. He was like, you see that apartment, and that apartment, and that apartment. Everybody on my hall is all Airbnb all the time. Well, we went, dude, we went, when we stayed in Raleigh, we found a place, and we walked down the street to a place. See, there was Cookout or Bojangles. So, like, we want to go to Bojangles. While we're eating, mm. some car bashes into another car and pushes them into the Jesus. medium. When I jump up, this lady goes, he just hit him. He just hit him. And she jumps out of her seat. I get over to look. There's a guy that's pitching a rock at this like Dodge Challenger that's like driving oh away. God. On the way home, I gave out like $80 to guys that were just like, hey, man, I need a little help tonight. Like I had a case of beer and I handed out like just beers and $20 bills to everybody. And it was all because somebody, this person thought it was going to be a good investment. And this fucking woman, her name is Clementine. She said that we <laughs> left weed in her Airbnb and she was going to charge us a deep cleaning fee. And we were hanging out with like a half dozen weed fiends that would not leave a single crumb <laughs> in that fucking place ever. It was so I was so pissed. She said that we broke one of the she said we broke one of the doors and that we uh, were left weed behind. But Airbnb couldn't charge us for it because it was just unfounded. Yeah, yeah and she just I saw I a lot of stories about them doing that where they try to charge you for all kinds of they, shit after you leave. It's just it's a matter of whether or not you'll capitulate. Like right. I was like, that's crazy. That's not any of thing that we were doing. I smoked weed outside every she single said, time. I said, check your security cameras. <laughs> she said we have a trash can full of roaches, didn't she? She, she said like that said, she said she found roaches outside in the dumpster. And it was like, yeah, they those were outside ones. We weren't smoking inside. <laughs> right. That's the thing. It's like if if you get some person, it's like if they find it on your property, they're going to feel like it's enough to try to guilt you into saying, yeah. like, fine, I'll give you $89 for a deep cleaning fee. They're judging. They're very judging. Because it's like right. they know it's 10 dudes coming through 10 guys right. and they all know. this stuff. And they know who you are. And they're like, we They're very generous them. about the 10s. But the 10 number. Oh, God. Oh, the last one we stayed in had a, I, like, was upstairs and I walked into the, like, what is an attic. No windows, no vents, no nothing. Yeah. Just a little closet with a bed in it. And I was like, this is... There'll they'll, they'll be a piece of rolled up foam on the ground and they'll call that a bed. <laughs> a lot of them use the couches as beds. Couches are beds. The couches as beds. Couches are beds. I just... I, I just like knowing the damage it does to neighborhoods right. and all that stuff is just like I it's am very undesirably against Airbnb. Yeah. But it's also if you got a bunch of people I mean it's like way you cheaper. Can pay for us to stay in hotels. That's right. like not really a but problem. If you have a lot of people, yeah. yeah if we had we had nine pe camping is not out of the question. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get it. You don't know me. I'm not going to be spry and in a good mood if I have to sleep on a tree root. <laughs> but yeah, if I get a kingdom but, cot yeah. from REI or something, maybe if I get to sleep on one of those, it could work. No, we'll never camp. We'll never. <laughs> Brett tried to talk me into going to a thing we were doing this festival. And he was like, we're going to do this festival. Uh, we're going to camp. And I was like, like in a in a trailer? <laughs> and he was like, no, like we're going to fucking camp. And I was like, but like on outside camp? Yeah. And I just, no. I said no 50 times until he was like, we'll get a hotel. And I was like, yes, I will, gonna, I will do this thing. Well, thanks for calling Mississippi, Willie. We really appreciate it. We got well, somebody else on the line that's that's waited, and the other ones are going to be bonus if we can get them in. 
Got 15 minutes. You got it, man. Y'all take it easy. Thank you. Have a great night. Mississippi Willie. How great would it be like if we did a show and he just sat on the side and watched and drank, (laughs) you know, like a pack of camouflage beer or something. I mean, we did do a show with Matt Chrisman sleeping on the floor. Yeah, (laughs) we did it. We have done it before. We've accomplished a lot. This is our final caller. The other people were jump-ins, so they're going to be bonus if we get to it. Jump-ins. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's a late. It's late. It's very late. (laughs) This person's been waiting an hour and a half. Wow. Fucking 90 minutes to, to... Talk no some shit. <laughs> but these other ones, yeah, they just are like, hey, I'll, I'll see if they'll take I'll my call. Call at the end. Come on. All right. How's it going? Street Fire Radio, what's up? Going pretty good. This is uh, P from Los Angeles. What's P? up? Yeah. yeah, we got some of the Los Angeles yeah. folks in the house tonight yeah, taking Jack, calls. Jack Allison's Hello. actually from Los I'm Angeles. From so if you have any, yeah, if you have any conversation you want to have about LA, yeah, we Jack can exclude can, everyone else here. <laughs> just, have, just between the two of us. New restaurants well, on Sepulveda. It's uh, hot as fuck right now in LA. Yeah. Yep. It's beautiful here. Like I will say that. It's pretty nice. It's nice here. Yeah. It's so bre- it's <laughs> breezy. Nice nice. The sun is hot as shit, but there is a breeze that's coming through that is wonderful. Very uncharacteristic uh, for this place, but yeah, it's very enjoy nice that weather because global warming is gonna just make it fucking happen so more. Yeah. Years. This is gonna be like Florida. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, no, we're, you we're will benefit from that. You know, yeah. rising. everybody's gonna want to be here eventually, right. except for people who are gonna come take my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be too bad. My, yeah, my we'll, rent's gonna George be six. Clooney buys your house. Yeah. 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 My rent's gonna be six thousand dollars <laughs> a month. Jackson Hole. And <laughs> when you hear what people, I have a tip for you. What's up? Get a sleeping pad, and then you can camp for like ten bucks a night. I'm I'm never a sleeping pad ever ever. The problem with camping is there's like scorpions and shit. Like there's not scorpions Uh, in hotels. The fucking do, man. Like when I'm sleeping at my house, I don't ever wake up covered in do. Yeah, that's a big difference between (laughs) camping versus hotels. Yeah, I hate camping so much. But I do like like I was actually that's how I got my first job. (laughs) Was that my parents would go camping? <laughs> Hating every camping. Yeah. <laughs> my parents would go camping every single weekend, and they were like, "Look, if you get a job, you don't have to go camping." <laughs> I went right to fucking McDonald's yeah. and got a job. That the day they fucking said it, I so, got a job at McDonald's. I'm a minivan driver, and we do. We found a, a tent that hooks onto the open minivan, and you can hook an air mattress up to like the laid down seats in the back. That's my plan for camping, but we have not executed on that plan yet. But I do have That's to be comfy. Life. That's very I'm, intimate. I'm there not going to sleep on the ground. I do not want to <laughs> sleep on the ground anymore. I don't have it in me at all. All right. Maybe Fair the enough. cot. Maybe Never a cot. Happened. Well, yeah, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Do you have some? Oh, no, no. I have a little bit more. Okay. If that's cool. Yeah, so get I've it. been unemployed for three fucking months. Wow. Great. Living on that uh, unemployment life. Oh, very nice. And yeah, there's conservative. What been, do you, you got an Xbox, King Crab Legs, like everything, <laughs> right? Exa- yeah, no, just living the life, going to the casinos and ro- like just putting it all on red. Yep. Absolutely. Always been on red. But um, yeah, the way I got fired was super fucking weird. Because I was working at like a, a startup, which God forbid, nobody ever worked at a fucking worst city in the world. But the people that were fucking training me to like do the job, they were out like for two fucking weeks. And then the third week they come back and they start to train me. And then the end of that week they say, oh, you don't know what the fuck is going on. And you're fired. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's great. 
That's great. I mean, sometimes right. you're, once again, this is another thing where you're like, you're actually just an extra in somebody else's very <laughs> weird meltdown, very weird life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, those kinds of things. I think really a lot of the calls that we've had is the, like when shit falls apart, it's probably for the best because good things last. Especially the good things in my life. Like people are just like, not, they don't know what they're doing. They're spiraling out. And they're like, well, how the fuck do we run a business? Uh, they got to go. Like, we don't have enough money. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. It, it's for it. I mean, I was literally the case. I'm not peeved at all because, like, the company, I, like, checked on it recently. And that's, it's not going to be around much longer. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was kind of a blessing in disguise. When I was even talking to my wife today about, like, the, some of the influencer people that I've kept my eyes on, you know, that have moved, they go from, like, bitcoin to cannabis to like whatever right. is the hot commodity and like they can generate enough excitement and revenue to get a half million dollars or a million bucks injected into their thing but in three years it burns out and so they just pivot to the next the endeavor next, what the whatever the hot right thing now. is yeah. yeah and they don't have any yeah. talent when it comes to like <laughs> making long-lasting a lot of these yeah. people are just sort of like business school people well it's all it's just net we at the end of the day it's a lot of networking and just who you know and people the money just gets rotated around by people that are close to it you know and those people get get the deal yeah yeah it's all some weird fucked up system and companies are run by fucking morons yeah for the most that's what i found yep Yep, yeah, that's what we found. But, well, thanks uh, for calling, and I appreciate I'll leave it. You guys, on a good note, I have a job interview that went really well, so I think it's all going to work out. Cool. Uh, yeah, we wish so you the best. I, you guys have a wonderful night and uh, had a good time. Take care, y'all. Peace all right. out. All right. We did it. Well, we got two. We got a couple more to go. These late. Take it to midnight. We'll take it to midnight. We got nine minutes, so every each one of them gets four and a half minutes. Right. Four and a half all minutes. Right. I'm just going to hit right. drop. All right, I'm going to just stand outside. Hey, thanks for calling Street Fight. You got four and a half minutes tonight. Hi, this is Joe. Um, I have a work story to tell. Go for it, Joe. So, basically, uh, last week Friday, I was, like, wrapping up work. um, And not my boss, but, like, like a manager who works in my office uh, left before me. Um, and you're supposed to lock the door from the outside before you leave, which is kind of weird, but I hadn't thought about it before, so I got locked in. And uh, I didn't notice right away. Oh, my so, God. So then I, uh, you know, I, I got up to go, and I'm like, oh, shit, the door's locked. <laughs> and I think about it, and I'm like, oh, what, what the fuck do I do? There's only one door. So... Um, I called up two people on the internal phone. Nobody was there. And this is like this is like a hodgepodge building where it's like a the office is this sort of small second story above a single story factory. Um and there are big windows everywhere. So what I did was well actually first first I tried kicking the door a few times because it's this flimsy thing. But I don't know. I was worried they were going to get mad at me or something. Um, so I thought I'll just go out the window. Oh my it's, God. Like, it's like one step down onto the roof. 
So I open the window, I open the screen, I step out, I get on the roof, because I've seen people walking around on this roof before. Um, I knew there must be some way down. Uh, and I look over to the edge, and there's just like a loading dock, you know, it's kind of elevated. Um, and then like some kind of racks for something on there. So I just step down, and I just walk away. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with work. I wanted to go home. I didn't want to like call people and see, you know. I have, I guess, I have my actual boss's cell phone number, but I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Did you get out? So anyway. Oh, go on. No, you go. You go. I, I'm sorry. Okay. Um. I come in the next uh, the next Monday, uh, and I notice. You know, the manager, the guy who locked me in is, is puzzling over the fact because I left the window open. He's like, he seemed confused by that. Um, and I didn't say anything. Uh, <laughs> someone was like, oh, the, the wind, the wind must have blown it open. And it's this, it's this big, heavy metal frame window with a huge latch on it. Like, who believes that? But, um, so... Later in the week, the it's a small company, and the, the president of the company comes by, and he's talking to this manager uh, about, it's very important that all the windows be locked up at the end of the day. And, you know, you need to, uh, he said something about, he said something about an alarm, and it's expensive, and you got to send an email about about it right away. So... So then I get this email, and I'll read it for you. It is imperative that the last person out of the second floor area is responsible to assure that all the windows are closed and latched, all doors are closed and latched, all lights are off. We had an incident last weekend where a window blew open and also blew open a door, <laughs> causing the alarm to go off. Because someone did not check before they left on Friday, the police were called in and a manager had to come in to verify and reset the alarm. Our lack of responsibility is not a good reason for the police to have to spend valuable time searching our building. No, no. Oh, jeez. You know, your heart goes out. To think they would have to show up every time an alarm goes off. It just hurts, you know. I See, I thought I escaped pretty clean. I didn't think, you know. I guess not, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you did get to cause a meeting. Which is yeah. always fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I that's a good reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody knows. Like it was yeah. me. Like every looking around, everybody was like, "I did this. I got this." It was me. <laughs> I probably would have thought. Tell I'm, I'm the eye day. of the storm. I'm the eye of the storm. Tell here. them on your last day it was you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. All right. One yep. more call. You, you want to get one more? Minutes. Yeah. This one. There's only one more. We had to jump in, but it's like more. way Another too. jump in? Jump in is oh, too late. Too late. No, let's get this last jump in. Is 28 minutes they've waited. They've got three minutes to say their fucking All right, story. Jump in. Do it go. right, jump in. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Why the fuck are you jumping in? <laughs> hey, I'm so sorry, guy. I called in earlier, and I've been skating around looking for an outlet uh, for to charge my phone because it's bad, man. I'm You're the hey, best hey. late caller we've had. I'm calling in with some fucking shop story, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, what's up, hey, guys? Can First we... time calling in. Thanks for taking it. Thanks for taking the call. 
Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. This is extra labor for me, and I'm really tired. It's overtime. We get paid yeah. overtime for this. No, we don't. All right, actually. cool, cool. Well, I'll subscribe to your Patreon. Uh, I just landed in Milwaukee. Uh, it's a cool town. I it just is. wanted to, uh, yeah, call in and say hi. Um, okay. Hey, I'm hey, town. this is great. Uh, yeah, like I'm doing the start over, start from scratch thing again, you know, looking for a town that actually uh, feels like home, you know, like fucking I've been doing this since I was 19, like just going to new places and looking for, I don't know, man, somewhere that feels right. And I'm just hoping this is it, you know, where, once where again. So I won't keep you long. All right. So I just wanted to. Say Go hi to and the Vanguard. Thanks for taking the call. Go eat at the Vanguard. Right. It's a good restaurant. It's pro wrestling. The Vanguard. Yeah. Okay. Have a good night. Check it out. Good luck, man. Good you luck. Too. Yeah. Good thanks luck. for calling in. You know, there's always Thank a chance you. to reinvent yourself. I mean, you you can always, right? All you need is all you need, right? Yeah. Is a reason a reason to say things are going to get better, and yeah. then you can convince yourself. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the call-in show. Thanks for being here. Thank you, surprise guest Jack Allison. Oh, wow. Thanks for Thank, me. You, Thank you, on-time guest Leslie Lee. <laughs> 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 uh, we are Street Fight Radio and Struggle Session. You can find us in Indianapolis, Indiana, tomorrow night at the Irving Theater. We're going to be in Detroit, Michigan on Tuesday at uh, Planet Ant. And then on Friday, is this who is that? Oh, I fucking did that thing for 666. It's my computer. So on Friday, on Friday, we're going to be in Chicago at the hideout. The rowdiest crowd you're ever going to perform uh, perform in. I mean, so far, I mean, they're they're crazy as hell there. Uh, it's going to be. We're going to have secret. There's secret guests in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Yep. Secret, secret guests. And lots of malort. So we will be there. Thanks for supporting the show and what we do. Get those tickets today. Um, you know, if you don't understand how it works, you're not actually buying tickets from us. We're just going to put your name on a list. There's a lot of very nervous people that listen to our show that are like, I didn't get like a physical, physical confirm. No, nothing was mailed to me and there was nothing I could print out. And I'm like, just show up and say your name and don't lie, don't yeah. lie about it. And we'll you. let you in. We got you, fam. Yeah. yeah. You're taken care of. So be there. Uh, it's going to be a good time. We're Street Fight Radio. Their struggle sesh. We'll see you later this week. Maybe, Maybe yeah. on Wednesday. Maybe. Could happen. Hey, you know, don't hold your breath. If we're going to do extra. We did overtime tonight. Maybe we'll do some extra effort on Wednesday. But uh, we'll no, see you. Probably not. <laughs> extra effort Wednesday. I Peace. <laughs>